0: All right, this is a podcast, Best Friends for Lifetime. <laughs> yes! Maybe. <gasps> we don't know. All of this is going to be cut anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in there. <laughs> so, the Lifetime movie we're covering this week is Best Friends Betrayal from 2019. Wowie. You told me you've never seen a Lifetime movie before. I had never seen it. Well, okay. So... My Lifetime movie experience was always in passing. So like if I was a kid and I was sick at home and the TV was on, I'd be like, why are these women screaming? Right? So I think that that's, that was usually my experience with Lifetime. And like for some reason, I can really distinctly see the, the icon in the, the corner of the TV. Oh, yeah. But that's it. I just genuinely, generally know what they are and what they stand for. Not to be confused with Hallmark. Not to be confused I with Hallmark. I don't fuck with the Hallmark movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here right now, I don't fuck with the Hallmark movie. They're too wholesome. No one is just dist- like if they're distressed, it's like I wanna take over the family business of making muffin. It's so low stakes. No one gets murdered. Mm. No one has infidelities. <laughs> I'm just I'm not here for it. Mm-hmm. It's but always Christmas. It's always Christmas. Fuck Christmas. No one's intently talking about their trauma. No, there's no plot. Okay, so that's your experience with Lifetime movies. That's and I'm gonna gander a guess that because of the context, you've never watched one from start to finish. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you picked this movie, which is the first Lifetime movie that we're doing for this podcast. And that I have ever watched. And that you've ever watched. Yeah. So what attracted you to Best Friends Betrayal? I really like Best Friends. <laughs> best friends mean a lot to me uh i like a good fun friendship activity and you were worried about the betrayal and i was worried about the betrayal i i really was like this seems um culturally necessary for me to consume also it was like one out of the three first ones i saw on the page i was like "Mm, i don't have to search very far that's the one (laughs) yeah because you made me pick the other the next two episodes you're like oh i can't be trusted even though I think you did a great job taking this video. I don't have a frame for reference yet, so. Oh man, okay, we'll talk about, the yeah. third episode we'll talk about which of these was the best slash worst, because they really go hand in hand with like Yeah. I would like to say this too, for the 0% listeners we have. I love a Lifetime movie. Like I hate, and like I'll hate watch, but yeah. at the end of the day, I truly do love it. Because I have, it stirs feelings in me. I have thoughts and opinions. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to watch one of those without having an opinion. Oh, I'm fully standing up and yelling (laughs) at my TV. What are you doing? That's all I'm doing. Yeah, the amount of times that food came out of my mouth while I was talking. I saw the Marco Polo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Allison uh, was Marco Poloing me, her live reactions. (laughs) And it took everything in my willpower to uh, not do what we're going to do for this podcast, which is discuss it in length. I need to do, I need to react to somebody in live time, to lifetime. Because if I don't get that out of my body, I feel like I am going insane. And that's just the three movies. You're just walking down the street next the next day just clenched. <laughs> yes! Unable to do anything because you're just clenched. All right, so would you like to begin? Oh, Best Friend's Betrayal. Our movie opens with a girl who's probably like, what, like nine or ten? Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know how old kids are. It's like right before your body starts growing in odd ways and you hit puberty. This is prepubescent. Oh, definitely. Okay, 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 okay. Yes. Because when I hit like a 11, my neck started growing and everything else. <laughs> and it was, I was just very oddly long-necked. <laughs> I think until, I grew into my neck at around like 15. Oh my god. It was brutal, man. Those cool photos. My friend Aliza, shout out to Eliza, saw my freshman year uh, photo and she was like, Because I was telling her and she did not believe me. And I was like, yo, I got a Loch Ness Monster Neck. And she was like, what does that mean? And then she saw it and she was like, oh, no. No. Anyway. Okay, so you're right. All right. So she's like 9 or 10 probably. And she's in a school cafeteria. And she has very unfortunate bangs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she sits across from these girls who are popular. We know right away that they're popular. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're super duper rude to her. She's like, I'm new here. And they're like, you have a tuna fish sandwich and you're just disgusting and then they get up and leave the table all at once didn't they call her tuna breath <gasps> they call. they totally called her tuna breath okay so they name called and then they left <laughs> they like dropped a grenade of bad self-esteem on her and then they just left and you know she already had like really terrible self-esteem because of her bangs our beings were awful <laughs> They're a lot straight across, but it was very of the time, so we'll, we'll talk about this. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. So Unfortunate Bangs is sitting there, and she clearly <laughs> feels awful, and this other girl comes over, and you know they're gonna be best friends forever because she also has an unfortunate haircut. Yeah, but also one has blonde hair and one has brown hair, and that's usually how you know. That's what they do in these movies. They oh. can't have the same hair color. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, in every single one. Well, so far-ish. No, it's true because we watch a bunch of others. Everyone has to have a different hair color. If they have the same hair color, they are they're related. One of them has to die. <laughs> One of them has to die. One I of them think. has to be sacrificed into a volcano. I don't make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime does. Lifetime does. Okay, so okay, no, no, no. So the other, her new best friend, who's wearing a light pink denim. jacket it was super like late 90s i really the costumery on this part of the movie was excellent yeah it actually made sense it was so good okay there was like a almost plasticky chokers oh yeah i think i saw a butterfly clip uh oh yeah so the other girl her unfortunate hairstyle is that she has braided pigtails but they're not low on her shoulders they're like high up yeah on her head yeah it is a travesty Mm -hmm. but we're saying it here because it actually is important it is a critical (laughs) plot point later and i can't believe i'm saying these words aloud The the high pigtails are crucial. We have to emphasize. Please remember. Please remember the pigtails. Unforgettable pigtails. So they're BFF's five ever. We don't know pigtail girl's name. No. But unfortunate beings, Mm -hmm. her name is Katie. We learned that. And I actually did had no idea what this had to do with any of the movie after this. Mm -hmm. But we're going to circle back to it. Mm -hmm. Don't you worry. (laughs) I will not let you guys get lost like I did. So cut (laughs) to 21 years later. Katie is drawing in a cafe that she owns. Mm. And this is not how any of this information is distributed to us. The exposition is so clunky. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to, I'm going to just tell you all the things that you need to know up top. Because I, I felt slightly insane. Yeah. Yeah, they really, I mean, truly the only indication that we were looking at the same person years later was the fact that she had brown hair. And That's how you know. That could have been That's fucking anyone. That's why they anyone. can't share a hair color, Allison, because otherwise, how are we going to know who they're talking about? So we have Katie, who's drawing, and she's the unfortunate Banks girl from the beginning. This is her 21 years mm-hmm. later. She has brown hair. She's cute. Mm-hmm. And she owns a cafe. Mm-hmm. Which... Impossible for millennial standards, but go off. So her friend Jess comes in, mm-hmm. and she's blonde because they can't same hair color. Here's my notes, Allison. <laughs> oh, no. The movie's telling us they're supposed to be 30, and I do not believe it. Ooh, no! So, okay, here's all the clunky exposition. Mm -hmm. Blonde Jess is an event planner, and she's like, I'm throwing a book signing event for Nick Moore, the famous crime novelist. Can I use your cafe to host this event, please? And Katie's like, Of course, anything for you, bestie. (laughs) And Jess gives, and this is important, Jess gives Katie a copy of Nick Moore's book entitled Burning Desire which sounds like a cautionary tale about um a venereal disease but ah, we'll, uh, yeah it really does like you know a really I mean? nasty uti you want to do the do but you have a uti there you go i would actually read that book that would be a much more interesting book i would than, read that because we hear a horrible voiceover snippet throughout this entire movie of excerpts from burning desire and it was a not interesting and b Stupid. So, okay, so Katie flips the book over. She looks at his glamour shot and she's like, oh, he's cute. And this is where we get like Jess's deal. And she's like, haha, what? I'm like retired from dating. If you retired from dating. What's the money people get from retirement? It's all the pension. The, pen- what's the your pension, pension is all the money I'm not like, spending on some jackass boyfriend. That's it. It's my money to me. Go off. <laughs> Pop off, sis. <laughs> I have a note here. Let's, we need to talk about their outfits. They're doing just so dirty with this outfit. Were there. Were there like not tights but like pantyhose involved? I feel like they were pantyhose. I think I would have lost my mind if there was pantyhose. I feel like they were pantyhose. I think the wardrobe designer put both arms on either side of themselves and just sprinted through a coals. <laughs> So here's the clumsy exposition we get about how Jess has an ex-husband named Marco, who's a piece of shit, Mm -hmm. and Katie hates him. I mean, like, I would hate him You should hate anyone's ex-husband, but if your friend was married to a cis man, and you do not fucking hate him after they're divorced, you are not best friends! Katie, like a true best friend, hates him! I'm on her side. Yeah. I'm on her side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so Katie's like, yeah, that guy fucking sucks. I actually, okay, as much as I'm ragging on this movie, I think it did a good job of letting the viewer know pretty immediately that Jess is a very like vulnerable drip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True or false? Like you understood her whole deal. Her yeah. whole fragile deal. It became immediately apparent. Immediately apparent. I mean, it was even apparent in Nicole's wardrobe. You don't wear those if you're not a vulnerable drip. It, yeah. Like, you know, so maybe the wardrobe designer was doing a good job. Do you want to talk about Jess's assistant, Anna? Because oh now, my we're now not at the book signing event. And Jess is instructing Anna to move this like big old sign on the easel. Like left, no, to the right. Oh, no, to the left. And she, throughout this entire event, she's giving Anna like a lot of instructions. And the whole vibe is she, they're trying to tell us that Jess is like, you know, in control and very capable and she's so organized about everything mm. but love. So let's talk about Anna because she does come back. You had a lot of thoughts. I love Anna. Anna's the only good character in this movie and she's the only one who is age appropriate. She looked like she was in her mid to late 20s and she was indeed in her mid to late 20s. I no they say she's 21 liars i take all that back i was wrong anyway like her outfits didn't look totally inappropriate she did look like an early 2000s like hippie and she annoyingly but i guess endearingly only called her boss in social situations while working i bet if she ran into her on the street she'd call her boss when nick moore rocks up (laughs) And it's like, okay, boss. Just like spins around and Nick is there and he's like, you make her call you boss. And that's the meet cute. Okay, so let's talk about the actor who plays Nick. I thought he was super adorable. Okay, 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 okay. Here was my initial thought, right? I think I remember saying this in the polo. So I was like, I'm immediately uncomfortable, immediately uncomfortable because I don't know how lifetime works, but I'm trying to find the betrayal and the best friendship here and I'm seeing a cute man walk in. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh no. These friends are gonna be fighting over this cute man. Okay, am I gonna sound like a super dick? Go ahead. He was much better looking (laughs) than Jess. And not a knock on the actress. This is a casting decision, because she's not bad looking. Mm -hmm at all mm-hmm. it's just that their attractiveness is not congruent he is so all in on her right away it's that it doesn't make sense uh, okay here's my theory and i feel so bad for this actress because i really think they did her dirty they did i think they hired her mortal enemy to dress her for this movie skirts are not in style in the year 2019. It's like a full length fucking schmata situation. At least a know what a is. It's like a fucking like a fucking rag. All right. If someone's wearing like an unflattering loose yeah, uh, like a like a a meemaw dress. If you a meemaw, there you go. Well, you're from clearly from the south. I'm clearly from the fucking tri-state area. So like a meemaw smock. Yeah, she's oh my
1: god. I in a
0: kept waiting for them to just give her a pair of fucking Skechers on her feet. Oh, they did it. I would have loved that. Well, I would have lost my mind. And the other thing about Nick, even though he's adorable as a box of babies. So Alzin was Margot Poloing me halfway through this movie. So you watched mm-hmm. half. Mm-hmm. And then you pause. Yeah. I watched the whole thing at once. I just blasted through. Sure did. And then you finished the other half. But in that time that I was blasting through, I sent you a message that was like, Does this actor ever close his mouth? No. And you were so mad because you had to finish the movie. <laughs> you sent me a furious video that was just like, No, I can't it. Why would you tell me that? Why would you tell me that before I'm done with this movie? Now that's all I can see is just the gap in his mouth. <laughs> true nick was after that moment nick was just a series of open mouth breathing scenes i didn't hear a word out of his mouth anymore i still clearly can remember what the bottom row of his teeth looked like (laughs) not the teeth what it is is that predominantly when he's talking to jess he'll say Mm -hmm. his line in a moat and then his face kind of drops and his mouth is left slightly ajar like he's it i think what they were going for what they directed this actor to do because i'm not blaming that man is that it's like you must look so enamored with her it does sort of look like he's like my mouth is open and ready for like i want to open mouth kiss now Mm -hmm. you put your mouth on my mouth (laughs) i am a cpr dummy (laughs) waiting for you to practice upon me well, wow. that's yeah, that's an excellent example. I don't think I can elaborate more on that. He couldn't breathe through his nose anymore. It's all mouth. When I look at you, I'm congested. <laughs> <laughs> you clog my sinuses. You girl, you're so attractive with your three-quarter length sleeve khaki tops. I'm left breathless. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl, you got any Allegra? Because <laughs> I can't fucking breathe around you. <laughs> Cut that. No, I'm kidding. I'm in love with this. (laughs) So uh, Jess and Nick have like, I put banter and quotes in my notes because it isn't banter. Mm -mm. It's just two people saying stuff back and forth and (sighs) pretending to laugh as if it makes any sense at all. It's like like watching the equivalent of stale bread. Oh my, yeah. Oh my God. So open mouth Nick is talking about a second book and apparently his second book didn't get well reviewed and just is like, well, I mean, if I may be so bold. No. Your first book felt so much more personal. My critiques are so insightful. Oh. And his mouth is even more ajar during all of this, which is how you know he's falling for her already. Yeah. Yo, know, the faces you're making right now. <sighs> painful to watch. It was painful to watch that scene. Oh, he acts like she's a genius. He acted the way you did earlier today when I gave a fake name when I ordered my <laughs> coffee. That did change my life. No, you were like, what? I didn't know you could lie to baristas. <laughs> yeah. so I thought I thought they were impervious to lies. You got like a, I like, they're like, um, what's the name for the order? And I said, Monica. And then I turned to Allison who had the, you looked like you had a million mile stare. I went somewhere else. <laughs> Okay. You made me question reality. I was like, holy fuck, has her name always been Monica? Why the fuck did she tell them Monica? Which is when I was like, oh, you're a liar. Monica. (laughs) Oh, you're a liar. Oh, you're lying for fun. He acts like this was just like a moment for him and he's just like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. So the book signing's underway and Nick is over at the table signing books and talking to people and Jess is looking across the room at him longingly like, wow, he's from here and he cares. (laughs) Katie stops by and gives Jess like a, okay, I, this is so insignificant. I love it. But okay, we are, to remind you, we are in the cafe that Katie owns yeah. for the book signing event. She stops by and gives Jess a cup of coffee to go. Mm-hmm. They're in the middle of a cafe that she owns. Mm-hmm. Why is she giving her coffee to go? Because uh, she wants them to get out. Want someone to get the fuck out of her cafe. Get the fuck out of my cafe. Get out of here. It seems like she brought the drinks off-premises in there. Like why else would they be in a to-go cup? I don't, I don't know. They even have like the lid on it and everything. Maybe she needed the lid to protect her precious Kohl's outfit. What, why are you defending? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you defending her? I just, I really care about baristas well you know what then you're not on my side about this i thought it was an odd choice i was very upset no it's an important I was detail in, i was infuriated by it <laughs> <laughs> is it barista or barista i've always said barista but we are from different regions of the country i think i just don't know i'm gonna defer <laughs> to you on this <laughs> i think i just don't know what the fuck i'm talking about and jess's idea of really letting loose is she says After a day, like today, I need a margarita with one of those umbrellas in it. Shake my damn head. The way they laugh about it is this: she had said, like she suggested that they like get naked and like dance on top of the the coffee pot. I could really use some heroin right now. (laughs) I've had a long day. Let's let loose and blow coke. Like, but this is who Jess is. This really demonstrates who Jess is. So Mm -hmm. prop moment, Mm -hmm. the sheet cake that has happy book signing Nick Moore written on it. no. They close they zoom in on that. No! So that but then it cuts to it's half eaten, so that's how we know time has passed. Oh, you know, honestly, that's an interesting use of the prop. Don't defend them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, Jess picks up the half-eaten cake and she hands it to Anna and, like, tells her to go do something with it because, again, she is so capable and in control and that's what we're supposed to love about her. Do something, Anna. Do something, Anna. And she says, okay, boss, again, and then Jess turns to Nick Moore, who's just standing there being desirable. Ugh. And she's like, oh, my God, I did not tell her to call me boss. <laughs> and they have more banter about this, apparently. He's like oh, I could have never made it through this without you. Like, he hasn't been to a million book signings. They're hammering home that he's, like, famous. Mm -hmm. He's like, I never could have done this without you, Mm -hmm. Jess. And you just met her. (laughs) It's a book signing event. It's a book signing event. Yeah, well, how? She didn't make your career, bro. How privileged has his life been where he's, like, that's the biggest obstacle he's ever faced? (laughs) A book signing event in a cafe no one's heard of in his hometown well anyway so she's letting herself be gassed up i mean she's also enamored they're both equally enamored with each other she needs it she's recently divorced you know there's no no one more damaged in a lifetime movie than a recently divorced woman yeah they really shit on them oh my god he's like do you want to go get pizza and she pretends like she's not going to but Mm -hmm. we like no she's gonna say yes mm-hmm. like we all know but she's pretending and she's like oh, I can't I'm meeting a friend for, like, a that I'm rolling a margarita with an am and Nick is like I mean this is a move right here he's like bring her <laughs> Call her. bring her bring, bring her, her along so Justin calls Katie doesn't reach her and leaves a voicemail but I have real problems with this voicemail Allison mm-hmm. because this is I wrote verbatim what the voicemail says okay if you receive this voicemail you tell me what you think is going on absolutely boss leave (laughs) get out of here never speak to me again (laughs) so this is the voicemail that she leaves kate you're not gonna believe this meet me at jim's pizza see you soon i would yell at my friend for that voicemail that explains fuck all right i would literally call him up and be like what the fuck was that so a normal voicemail would be like nick moore and i are going to jim's pizza come meet us there the night has taken an interesting turn yes right Yeah. And my other problem with it is that the year is 2019, why are you leaving a voicemail? This is why I think she's 40. Yeah! Not to knock on 40 year olds. But they leave voicemails. I mean, I only leave voicemails for one person, okay? And those voicemails are me gargling into a phone. Why? It's my best friend. It's a thing we do. You know, when you've known somebody for 17 years, you do a lot of weird shit. The word gargling is what really (laughs) me. It's not just gargling. Anyway, you don't need to know about those voicemails. (laughs) (laughs) So. Didn't she text her, too? She said, oh, like several texts. Okay, okay, okay. So Jess doesn't know how phones work. Got it. But also, Katie <laughs> doesn't know how phones work either. And this is the undercurrent of this whole movie, actually, is that both these women do not know how phones work. So it cuts to Katie, and she's, like, waiting on a bar alone with her margarita and Jess's margarita with the umbrella in it next to her. So it shows Katie's phone is out on the bar. That's so sad. And Jess is calling. But Katie does not see it for some reason. Yeah. We don't know why. Just because apparently she's highlight. just waiting. And she morosely drinks, like... Her drink and Jessup's drink. And it's all boo-hoo about her like friend isn't there, but okay. And this is why it makes no sense. If I was waiting for my friend a bar, I'd be texting him like, where the fuck are you? Yeah, Like I would be looking at my phone being like, is she here yet? I'd be glued to my phone Mm -hmm. until they get there. I am my most toxic self when somebody is not where they said they would be when they said they would be. (laughs) I am so toxic about time. You need to tell me if you're going to be late. I don't care if you're late, but if you don't tell me you're going to be late, I will lose my fucking mind. Thank God I texted earlier today saying it's I was going to be late. No big deal. <laughs> I do the thing where I just assume they have deceased. <laughs> my my mind immediately goes to a thousand. I'm like, well, they've left this earthly plane. That's why De- they haven't texted me. as as a verb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So Katie doesn't glance at her phone once, um, and she just gulps down both their cocktails, and it doesn't make it. It just doesn't make any sense, but whatever. So she eventually does look at her phone and has a text from Jess. I read the screen, and I took a screen cap, and this is what it says. Are you ready ready? Where are you? I need you ASAP. This is turning into a real date. But with who? She still hasn't told her that she's with Nick Moore. No dates. At Jim's Pizza. No dates no details i'm i'm leaning so far with them i'm just like i'm ready to transport so she (laughs) it it wouldn't make any sense to katie what the what jess is even talking about because she's actually told her like zero percent information about her night. i would just assume somebody was texting the wrong number well i would text back and what are you talking about sorry who is this (laughs) (laughs) wrong number what are you what are you talking about yeah where are you with who yeah She she didn't text her anything back oh yeah no she didn't say anything back No, what she did was, as she was going to, like, I don't know, get up and leave or, like, answer her phone or anything. She doesn't text her back. And she, okay, so she's super drunk. She's getting up and she, like, spills her giant purse. Mm -hmm. And Nick's giant hardcover book called Burning Desire falls out. And it's the size. Sorry, hold on. I need you to repeat the object real quick. What did I say? I don't know why that got me so hard. <laughs> Nick's giant hardcover book called Burning Desire falls out. <laughs> anyway, continue. We're made to understand that Kate's been carrying this around this whole time, but it's also like the size of a shoebox. It's huge. It's fucking gigantic. It must weigh three pounds. And she's like, whoa this is here it's like the size of a vcr it's, it's the size of an old school vcr it's so big so instead of replying to jess or leaving the bar or anything she takes she, out her vcr she takes her vcr <laughs> she cracks it open she starts reading it so that's what katie's decided to do with her time the thing that jess has decided to do with her time is go to jim's pizza with nick and it's just more of the same, like he's ingratiating himself with her and it's supposed to have chemistry. They don't have any chemistry. Mm-hmm. And the way that Nick is watching just demolish a slice of pizza is bone chilling. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we see Jess's full outfit in the reflection of the pizza place. Did mm-hmm. you also pause I and don't... just take it in? And then describe it to me. This what's is the I mean, floral skirt number. I think that's what's burned into my brain. It is. I'm like, that's the only it's thing she like wears. It's like white skirt yeah, with yeah, the yeah. floral. But then later we see an accompanying top from the skirt earlier in the movie. Oh, no. It was horrifying. Hello? I was like, oh, this is the companion piece that they pulled from the sales rack at Kohl's. My notes really say, holy shit, she's wearing a skirt and it is horrible. It's a calf length, fucking floral skirt. No, why the fuck are they dressing her like this? I said it earlier and it's got grandma, office grandma vibes, like office grandma. the lady Ooh. who made sure you were signing in and out of school. Like With the school secretary. Oh my God, the school secretary. Yeah, because exactly if it was it's... full grandma, it would almost look like a hipster look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and mean... I might be able to get behind. <laughs> so we're about to clock in and engage this. Mm-hmm. And I have some theories about how all this went down. Got it. So Nick and Jess are in front of her house. It's a fucking yeah. enormous house. Yeah. I was like, there's no way she could afford this house. Later, they say that her ex-husband like had trouble keeping down a job. That was gambling and stuff. It was gambling and stuff. Yeah. Presumably on her event planner salary, she could buy this enormous home. I didn't believe it. No, not if she just struggled to have an event for a book signing in a local cafe Wait. with her one assistant I and I her mean, sheet cake. That sheet cake did look homemade. Yeah. Did they say what state this movie's supposed to take place in? Somewhere around New York City, it's gotta be. Well, because he lived in the, the New York City. My best bet is it is in <laughs> New York, Connecticut, New Hampshire... Okay, because part of me was like, okay, if this is in, like, one of the square states or something, like, I understand that housing price, like, you get a lot for less money if you don't live in, like, on the East Coast or any of that shit. Like, I, I'm I getting, like, upstate New York vibes yes from same. this. Either way, this house is a mystery to me. It, it remains a mystery. We get no explanation about it. None at all. So Nick is talking about his life in New York and he's like, "Mm, yeah, being an author is glamorous in New York. And it's pretty great, but I don't mean a lot of, oh my God, he calls her a interesting, smart, beautiful woman. I hate this man. He's like, I don't mean a lot of, quote, interesting, smart, beautiful people. And then he didn't close his mouth. He didn't close his mouth and he looks at her and she's like, me? (laughs) Yeah. You know, if, Mm if there was like a pickup artist book that was like, things you should call a woman that'll work every time. Say these in order. Beautiful, smart, interesting. Interesting. Well, my problem is that Jess is not interesting or smart, I'll say that. Like for sure. No, we've she's never demonstrated being either of those things in this whole movie. But then again, Nick is neither of those things either. No, he's none of those things. He's just a dude. He's just a dude who's a mouth breather. So <laughs> <sighs> Okay, so then we get to the cheek kiss. Oh, Okay, so they're saying goodbye, and she, okay, so they're saying goodbye, yeah. and they're, they've they been looking at each other like they want to, which to me comes across as extremely gr- like grandmotherly. She's celibate. <laughs> what? Divorced I, means celibate. Okay, but, <laughs> yeah, in the world, yes, divorce does mean celibate. Oh, shit. But a cheek, like, it's oh. like she was like, okay, thank you so much for helping me stamp all those cards at the bingo hall tonight. My arthritis was acting up. Like, I mean, with her out, like, the whole, it's so chaste, it's so odd. But he looks like he popped the biggest boner. Yeah. Which is, again, bone chilling. Like, I can't. (laughs) Bone chilling. (laughs) It's horrifying. I mean, he's acting the fuck out of this role. I'll give that to the actor. Yeah, I mean, truly. he, He really does appear fully enamored with this person that there is no chemistry with whatsoever. The script does not support the chemistry. So she kisses, she gives him a dry ass kiss on the cheek. Mm -hmm. And he's like, can I see you again? Can me and my boner see you again? (laughs) And she's all, and and this is what drives me crazy. She gives mixed signals. She's like, no, you can't see me again. You're like this amazingly famous New York author. You have heartbreaker written all over you and I am so wise. Oh. Except she also kissed him on the cheek for some reason. Like if I truly wanted nothing to do with somebody, you might get, a hug if I'm feeling generous but otherwise like uh-huh. I'm not putting my mouth on your face I would never like no but so, she did text her friend to say that it was a date so she's confused she's confused and he's all devastated and he says what I think is a very realistic line for a man to say mm-hmm. which is whoever hurt you wasn't me oh my god I think I did pause the movie when I heard that. I think I did. I think, okay, so (laughs) here's what I've learned about me in Lifetime movies. They are a shock to my system. I have to pause them as much as possible just to digest what is being presented to me. And when that was said, I had to pause it. And I just kind of like head in hand rubbed my brow. like, is this a good idea? Have I, have I made a good decision? Am I going to be able... To continue to watch these movies, and then I immediately hit play again. It's <laughs> like, okay. yeah, yeah. Realistic I, line. I got so upset by it, but that yeah, because men are always trying to convince you they're not like other men when they most I'm certainly not like are. Other men. Why is it? Why isn't that the thing? They should just say that. They should just say that, and they'll be like, "You're a, you're a liar." Um. <laughs> But then she responds to it and she's like, well, you know where I live, which is not clear signaling. So she's telling him she's not interested. Yeah. She kisses him on the cheek. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I'm extra not interested, but also you know where I live, come see me sometime. It's like, what are you talking about? Also, what a weird thing to say to somebody who you've really just met. I don't want anybody to know where the fuck I live. It's a weird invite to your house. Like, you know where I live, just stop by. I get mad that my neighbors know where I live. (laughs) you live in a complex? I sure do. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, I want to see my f- I live in garden ah! apartments and so I have like three, I'm on the end have like three other neighbors. I don't want any of you to know a goddamn thing about me. So mm-hmm. she walks into her house mm-hmm. and apparently does not lock her door because she opens it up and just waltzes right in. It is not the 1940s. She doesn't unlock jack shit. It's just, her she- house just sits unlocked. Uh, to me that's psychotic. And this is why I was like is this in a small town in the Like, not to, I'm not trying to dunk on the Midwest or whatever, but I no, I just think, like, people are unhinged mm-hmm. in the tri-state area. <laughs> and it's just very much like, lock your doors because chaos is all around us at all times. <laughs> this is an aside. I dated someone for a few months in the city who lived in a big apartment complex, mm-hmm. like, you know, in a, a nicer part of town in New York City, though. Yeah did not lock his apartment door. In what universe is that? We like walked up to his door and he just opened it and I I literally just said, you don't lock your door? And he goes, no. I said, why not? And he was like, well, I live all the way up here. I and I said, what What the fuck are you talking about? I, I When I stayed over, I would go over and lock the door. I just thought it was moments like that. I mean, he was a perfectly fine person. Uh-huh. I hope you never listened to this. <laughs> He was a nice person, but sometimes it's stuff like that that you're like, oh, I don't think we're compatible because like... You don't lock your doors. (laughs) You don't lock your doors! This is not something you're concerned about and I'm deeply concerned about it. Yeah. I thought it was insane. I have gotten up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat because I thought I did not lock my door. I 100% am in the same way. Mm -hmm. Again, we just talked about how I do not like that my neighbors know where I live. (laughs) Okay. So... He knows where she lives. He knows where she lives and she upsetting. doesn't lock her door because she's just like, mm-hmm. I'm just going in now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so this is where the voiceover of Nick narrating his book plays. Oh and it's a, this is the voice that's used through the entire movie. I'm not going to recap every time he does it. I'm just plugging it in here. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be creepy and like, when things happen later in the movie, mm-hmm. it's, you know, maybe it's him because his book is creepy and he might be creepy. <laughs> Uh, what i did think was creepy is that we as this voiceover is happening mm-hmm. we see nick lounging on his sectional sofa this is, hold, on, mm-hmm. hold on hold on hold on hold on did you say sectional sectional or did you say sexual <laughs> take two we see nick lounging on his sectional sofa <laughs> and he's lounging his full bodies on it mm-hmm. but he still has his dress shoes on oh. so he's perching his dirty ass shoes on his couch not romantic. And that was actually what made me think, like... Red flag. Well, maybe this guy... I mean, later on, people get killed. Maybe he's a killer. (laughs) He doesn't close his mouth, and his shoes are on while he's on his couch, and he's pursuing somebody who doesn't lock her fucking doors. His mouth, like Jess's door, is always open. (laughs) Ah! Did you know I was a barista? No. Two, three years? I know we're recording, but I have to know. Is this the job where you cut your sweater into a crop top yes this is where chaos cropping started i did cut my uh sweater into a crop top while on shift (laughs) it was just getting caught on things and there were scissors i was like this isn't fucking working and i walked to the back room and i cut it and you know it was better and i continued to wear it for a long time okay follow-up question and then we'll get back into the plot of the story how cropped was the crop uh like rib cage like like above or below the belly button it's at it was at the belly button, and it was uneven because I of literally course. cut it while it was on my body. Because you took a pair of like craft scissors yep. that are all dull, probably from next to the register, and we were just and like, cut a sweater. You're like, fuck it, we'll do it live, and you just like made it happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Honestly, it was. It's not an excuse. I still chaos crop. I have destroyed things. Destroyed things. I think if you were a bro, you would like get broken up with and then cut the sleeves off of all your t-shirts. In another life, that's you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, perfect, because now we're going to the coffee shop scene. Mm -hmm. It's the next day. Katie's at her cafe. Mm -hmm. Nick rocks up Mm -hmm. and is like being super nice to her and wants coffee. Wants to suck up to the best friend. Yes. So she cops an attitude with him Mm -hmm. pretty immediately and is like so we ask for coffee, and she's like, "Coffee!" Like she says it in a way where she makes it sound like he must be a, like he must be a fucking idiot for walking into a cafe and ordering coffee. Like that is the amount of like derision and like distaste she throws at his way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then. She tells him it'll be 10 minutes for a cup of coffee. 10 minutes. This is why me being a barista is why I had such strong feelings about this scene because she goes, you want coffee? 10 minutes. That was a punishment. Okay. I was wondering about that. That's a punishment. That's why I was like, what do you mean? 10 minutes? Do you think she was just hoping he would leave? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Or it's Uh, a prod like to see if he would react poorly. Because it's so absurd to say that it's gonna take 10 minutes for a cup of coffee that you absolutely have brewed currently. <laughs> I mean, like a latte and you have a line, 10 minutes. He was the only person in there. He was the only person in line. There only were like two and, in and a half in the shop. Yes, two and a half people. <laughs> yeah, there were two and a half other people in there. Yeah, 10 minutes. Well, so I was wondering, I thought it was kind of a bonus lifetime mystery. Mm-hmm is this written into her character? Like, she doesn't like him, and so Mm -hmm. she's like, it'll be ten minutes, and it's a punishment. You seem to think so. I I was also like, maybe the writer doesn't know how long (laughs) it takes for a cup of coffee. (laughs) Like, I didn't... That's possible! Because we are fresh off of the whole dry-ass kiss-on-the-cheek scene that was all over the place, so I was like, they hired three nuns (laughs) to write this. (laughs) But, like, Nick is unfazed by the 10-minute thing. He's just like, golly, I'll go wait at a table. Like, he is unflappable. Doesn't make sense for somebody who's lived in New York City. Unflappable? If you told somebody who has lived in New York City that it's going to be 10 minutes for a cup of coffee, they would just walk out of your store. Oh, yeah. They would do that thing where, this is what I loved about living in New York, is people (laughs) weaponize the term have a good day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If someone says, like, have a nice day at you like in an in a, even like in a slightly annoyed voice like mm-hmm. have a nice day mm-hmm. it's the new yorker way of saying fuck, fuck you, fuck you. Mm-hmm. i heard someone scream it on a subway once to some lady who was whining about like it was inc- 7 30 in the morning oh, just two women yelling at each other and one of them was just like have a nice day and i was like i love it i loved it but yeah no it's not congruent at all like i know he's from this town none of it makes sense so the next scene <sighs> katie joins Jess for yoga Mm. and Jess comes in late and she says to katie like where were you last night i needed you which still explains nothing Mm but the nuns writing this could have done better yeah they don't understand friendship i guess no the line should have been what the hell why didn't you text me back like Mm. shit was going down Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i mean or if you're passive aggressive like me which is is your phone broken my blood just ran cold I just got, you scared me. I would like, never say that to me. <laughs> so they talk a little bit about like the definitely not date. Mm-hmm. And Jess is under the impression that Nick already left for New York. he's mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm just talking about the cafe. <laughs> I just made that still, still for waiting for his. He's still waiting for his coffee. <laughs> I never made it for him. He's staying there like a goddamn idiot. Okay, so Jess comes out of yoga. And fucking Nick is waiting for her on a bench. Yeah, no. How did he, he? Okay. That's a no, no. Right? The movie's trying to play it off like it's totally acceptable, romantic. I hate when movies do that. A lot of like not even just Lifetime movies do this, but they're like totally normal for a man to just be waiting outside of a place that you didn't invite him to and didn't know that he knew about. But in the year 2019, this feels like a very 2005 energy. It is. And how did he know that she was going to be there? How did he know? The movie doesn't explain it. She's got a tracker. He put something under her skin. (laughs) I mean, that would make all this make sense, but it doesn't make any sense. And so we don't know anything. No. Because this is not my first rodeo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, move mm-hmm, a Lifetime movie. Yeah. So I was like, is this bad writing or is it a clue? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I won't reveal to our 0% listeners, <laughs> 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 which it is yet. <laughs> I'm very intent on not giving spoilers. You're better than me at that. Okay, so another red flag that the movie... Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a red flag. That's a red flag. And here's the next red flag coming mm-hmm. right up. Mm-hmm. Is that this is where nick tellers that he canceled his book tour because he's like you know Mm -hmm. what you said about my first book being more personal really got me thinking so i'm gonna stay here in my hometown of kirkwood falls wow you have the name oh i wrote it all down (sighs) so he was like you know i wrote my first wildly successful book when i was a regular person in touch with reality before new york city changed me people act like new york city changes you as someone who lived there I got news (laughs) I mean I guess it does change you but not in the way he's talking about like they're talking about how like it's like glamorous and like he's making so much money he's living like this dick swinging lifestyle I don't think the writer, the three nuns they hired to write this, never lived in New York City because you truly get so little for your money. This movie doesn't understand what's happening. Here's my thing, is that it doesn't understand, but this is a concept, is that he's giving up his glamorous New York City lifestyle. Glamorous. Kirkwood Falls and Jess, who he met 13 and a half hours ago. (laughs) How the accumulated time they have spent together. What's your estimate? Like, if they had fucked... I would understand yeah she gave him one dryest kiss on his cheek the mm-hmm. night before mm-hmm. as if she was like thanking him for like opening her bag of licorice for her <laughs> or just like replacing the tennis balls on her walker i don't understand it and so here's the other thing too that i thought was a red flag because i was like is this love bombing huh because she's so into her so immediately like this is yeah that that is categorically love bonding this is how women get swindled into dating losers is because they come in hot with all this energy of like you are the end-all be-all and yeah. if you are like a little bit like a, lim- a limpy gazelle like <laughs> Jess is no offense to Jess I've been that limpy gazelle mm-hmm. okay you're kind of like you are, you don't think you are at the time, mm-hmm. but you are more readily available to be bamboozled. Yeah. And so, again, I was like, is this bad writing or is he bamboozling? I think he is bamboozling. But the pro, oh, no, 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 that is the crux because you're like, I think these people writing actually think that is a romantic thing to do, which is somehow even more upsetting. I don't think they intended this for. For this to be a debate through the whole movie but it was my debate through the whole movie mm. does is this a clue or does this movie believe this is truly okay he's like you have to promise not to kiss me again <laughs> and she's like <laughs> no promises but here's my thing i both do mm. not believe a kiss on the cheek counts as being kissed no but mm-hmm. if some bitch <laughs> kissed my boyfriend on the cheek i'd be fucking furious <laughs> Where do you land on this? You're asking the wrong person. If somebody kissed who we both know and love is Greg, I would just be like, okay. I guess it's my unwavering absolute trust in Greg. I'm not saying if someone kissed my boyfriend on the cheek, I'd be like, oh, he's gonna cheat on me. Yeah. But I would feel disrespected, not necessarily by my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, although yeah. I'd be like, why didn't you just ninja block with that coming in? You have to get so close to, se- like mm-hmm. for someone to make contact with you, their mm-hmm. face to your face, There's a lot of time in there for a block to happen. Yeah, But I'm still, I mean, let's just give my boyfriend the benefit of the doubt, my hypothetical boyfriend who doesn't exist. I I would still be like, Mm -hmm. bro, that's not okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just seeing that happen to Greg and he he is more uncomfortable in this situation than I am. You know, I'm like, oh, that just happened. (laughs) And if he walked back and I'd be like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck this girl. I'd just be like, how are you feeling? That person just walked up and kissed you. Do you even know who they are? My brain just served me up Greg's nervous laughter. Oh, my God. I, Greg, yeah. we love you so much. Greg, yeah. We know you're listening. <laughs> the one listener. Greg's our one listener. Greg, this is for you, homie. <laughs> okay, so that, that was the real tug of war I had morally with myself. <laughs> with being like, I think this is ridiculous, but also I would be furious. Where do I land on this? Uh, so Jess and Nick come into the cafe the next day where Katie is working and they are totally acting like a couple already. Yeah, it's super gross. Ugh. She makes such a show at the beginning of the movie to be like, I'm not dating. I have my guard up. No, she doesn't. She doesn't at all. That She's girl, never seen a boundary in her life. No, she immediately dives headfirst into this. Yeah, they're like two sixth graders talking to each other, mm-hmm. Like holding hands. Ew. But they've had no... True sensual moment, so I'm very confused. Yeah, they're that annoying couple already, and I think at this point, maybe 37 hours have passed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Katie kind of clocks their entire like middle school vibe. was mm-hmm. like, Cool, 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 cool. Um, Jess, can I speak to you for a minute? Yeah, <laughs> can I speak to you for a minute. That's how you know you're in trouble. Oh, if your friend's about to furiously whisper to you, hmm, mm-hmm. up, hmm, you're in trouble. Oh, that's like, like a, Oh, yeah, Katie's having a conversation with Jess where she's like, Hey. Eh, but kinda of seemed like this is moving a little fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Katie's side with this. Excellent friend advice. We just started screaming about this. You should definitely tell your friend if they're moving too fast. Yeah, and Jess mm-hmm. is like, what? No, we're not even sleeping together. It's like not a big deal. It's like whatever. Except this would make so much more sense if they were sleeping together. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, she's digmatized, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I'm team Katie here because she's like, oh, I'm like, okay, but I'm like, remember your ex-husband. So like maybe like pump the brakes a little Mm -hmm. and be careful because like you've been hurt. Mm -hmm. Which is a very, very reasonable thing to say. Absolutely. Again, good friend behavior, good friend etiquette. Yeah. Yeah. And and Jess isn't hearing Katie. No. It's a big yikes. Yeah. Katie's like, okay, she's not hearing me. Okay. Like, how about his books? Have you read them? They're like (laughs) about serial killers from a serial killer's perspective. Like, is this a flag? And Jess is doing that thing where she's just justifying <laughs> shit left and right. She doesn't want to hear it. No, no, she's no. like, well, you know, crime is really big right now. And oh, it's what sells. What if, what if Katie was like, have you read his books? They're terrible. <laughs> they probably are terrible. I mean, we heard the voiceover. We know they're terrible. They're bad. They're bad. Jess is just making excuses. She's like, it's what people want to read. Maybe the writing is good because we know it's excuses. <laughs> like, we don't believe her for a goddamn second. No. The other thing too about Jess is Mm -hmm. I do want to give her a little bit of a break because like she's not clear headed. She's clearly not recovered from her divorce. So I understand why she's being like this. Mm -hmm. We've all had friends who jumped into something with a big clown and there's just nothing you can do to save them. No, I was that person. (laughs) (laughs) You really just have to watch that happen until it isn't happening anymore. Sometimes people were like, hey, buddy. And I was just like, no, no. (laughs) everything's great I just need to fix him and that's a normal thing and it's fine it's fine that he lost his license from a DUI like three months into us dating everything's cool it was so bad having a Virgo Venus must be really difficult oh it's horrible here's for Greg this is for you (laughs) even though you already know this because you were there Allison read both me and my (laughs) ex-boyfriend's astrology charts and he told me afterwards, you were like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Like, I like, they're gonna make it. <laughs> um, and you were right. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't say that. And you can't I mean you can. There was nothing to say. No, and people tried saying it to me, and I just I didn't want to hear it. So here's my problem is that I'm like, oh fuck you, Jess, but also fuck me, I was just empathize. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh boy. But here's the thing. Hmm. They're positing justice to acting like this mm-hmm. i was acting that way at like 24 25. it just sometimes it does take people a while sometimes but she's sometimes... already divorced like i know you know but that i'm serious yeah. i've people my parents age be acting like this remember that couple <laughs> in asbury park the neck napkin oh neck napkin himself. <laughs> so me allison and greg Uh, went to Asbury Park and after we were done at the beach we like went to a bar it was very hot out we got cold drinks Greg wanted a beer we're like anything for you homie (laughs) so we sat at the short end of a bar and at the other end of the bar like perpendicular to us was a middle-aged couple on a date yeah it must have been first or second date had to have been early she clearly had work done yeah she was wearing a roller skating helmet I'm not sure why she never took it off during not, the course of the entire date. Not at all, but not like not, not even clear if she had roller skates on. I forgot to look when we left. I was yeah. furious with myself. <laughs> she had, I think she had some sort of European accent or something. Yeah. And the man she was talking to was another middle-aged person. Middle-aged is a stretch. That man was pushing 60. That's still middle-aged. I'm thinking middle-aged is like no thirty, I think that's what middle aged is. What the fuck is wrong with you? I think that's what it is, no! Don't speak to me. I think middle age happens at 45. Okay. Yeah, you keep that. You keep bottle, <laughs> bottle that noise up, Allison. Keep that to yourself. Keep that to yourself. Alright, well, this man was older. He was older. He was really tan, like leather tan. Also, the, the girl had like 2000s jewelry on, like the chunky plastic beads. I mean, it doesn't just, even know she's middle aged. The last time she was young was the early 2000s. So he's shirtless, by the way, which is horrifying. Yeah. You know, c- cover those dirty pillows up, sir. <laughs> so as we're watching this disaster date just unfold, because the- she's so into she, Her mouth was ajar. They were chilling. Her mouth on- was open the whole time. Yep. Hanging on to every word for God knows what reason. This is why I was disappointed in her. Uh huh. I'm looking at this man's neck. I'm like, there's something white on his neck. What is that? Is that sunscreen? No, it's not. Is that a giant skin flake? No, it's not. It really did look like that. Well, I didn't, we did not know what it was until I saw him. This man is in the middle of a tea reach over take a bunch of bar napkins and like wipe the sweat off from under his arms in public in full view of his date and i was like oh fuck, that's what's on his neck napkin a bunch of like a flaked off bar napkin on his fucking neck he never noticed <laughs> Flapping she, in the wind she definitely saw it and she was still dtf with she, this man she didn't even try to take it off which is why i'm disappointed in her they actually with their mouths full of food, maybe not. I feel like they both took a bite of food okay. and then open mouth kissed each other. <laughs> the three of us were staring and pretending not to stare at <laughs> each so It was absolutely fascinating. So, Jess has the energy of that woman with the mystery helmet, just being like, he has a bar napkin on his neck and he's wiped sweat from his body in front of me. I'm still gonna fuck him. Yeah, it does feel. Except not because Jess doesn't, I mean, they still haven't kissed. Jess says to Katie, like, she's going to take it slow. She's learned from her mistakes, but she's a fucking liar. So, and the way that they interact with each other, Jess and Katie, like, they don't know how to write friendships or direct friendships because they're always standing too close to each other. Yeah. What full-grown adult playfully pokes another? (laughs) The answer is they don't. They don't. They don't. Jess and Katie do. No. Poking is the kind of thing that people did in, like, high school. Facebook did that. Facebook, I forgot the poke function. Yeah. I just got like so many horrible recovered memories. I hate this so much. We'll move on from the poking. Okay, we'll move on from the poking. Um, uh, Just so many boys who now looking back, I'm like, (laughs) I know you're trying to flirt, didn't know how. Do you remember that thing? Sorry, we're on the biggest digression ever. Go on. I don't know if this was a tri-state area thing, but they boys would come up behind you and try to pinch the area right, for the listeners who don't know, right above, kind of like your waist. Yeah. Right above, and your, just right above like, your hips, really. Right above your hips. It was just an excuse to, to try touch to touch you. you. And they People... would like, squeeze you and try to tickle you, and that was supposed to be ticklish. And a bunch of women would just scream and giggle and, sorry, girls. This was not a woman thing. No, no girls. these were a girl. Like, we were all girls. And they would act like that tickled, but really it was like, please stop touching me. It was a thing that happened to me. I now, because I haven't thought about that in so long. Yeah a lot of boys did that to me it Happened a lot. and right? i i don't think there were many repeat offenders because i didn't understand what was happening i turn on and be like what what is that oh there's supposed to be a push point supposed to be ticklish i'd be like it's not oh. not that i wanted to like go out with any of them mm-hmm. but uh yeah that was really something yeah that was that was a phenomenon that was the early 2000s does that still happen anybody from the gen z they're too cool for us older gen z oh my They would look at my side part and be like, get out of here. Oh no, you're right. Remember that time I dated a general Zer? Oh no! (laughs) Okay, so Jess and Nick are having dinner out. Mm -hmm. This is when we get the backstory of her trash heap of an ex-husband named Marco. Okay. So she's not so recently divorced, Mm -hmm. which I have a question. Yeah. What do you think the time frame means? What does not so recently divorced mean? (sighs) It depends on who you're telling it to. Okay, you're telling it to someone who's gassing you up and you want to kiss on his other cheek. I would say six months. Recently divorced would be like when we signed the papers like three weeks ago. I would even say like three... I think six months is still recently divorced. I guess I just don't know enough about <laughs> being recently divorced. Divorce listeners, write <laughs> in. We need your input. We will come upon more divorcees in this journey. Bold of you to think anybody but ourselves and Greg will listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean in like, oh. life <laughs> <laughs> OK, so Jess and Marco were high school sweethearts, which the second I heard that, I was like, Mm-mm. this makes sense why she's being such a fucking idiot with Nick. Mm-hmm. She's only ever had one dick in her life. Yeah. I have strong feelings about this. I think that we should talk about this in health class. What part of it? If you have only fucked one person in your entire life mm-hmm. and you are finding yourself married to them, mm-hmm. question your choices, <laughs> okay? You should question your choices. Our imaginary listeners are offended. Go, I am, Okay, here's what I think. The, if I met my high school self, I don't know if I would like myself Yeah, to think that you are going to grow and change in the exact same compatible way with somebody from mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. If you can do it, that's actually really impressive. What a dream. What a treasure. Mm-hmm. A lot of high school sweethearts like Jess and Marco mm-hmm. get divorced because mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it, yep. You and, grow and change a lot. Your uh-huh. prefrontal cortex fully develops and suddenly you're strangers. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, Fully developed until you're like 20 fucking seven. Uh I believe it's twenty-five, which is why me and my Gen Z ex-boyfriend didn't work out. <laughs> okay, twenty-five. But I here's the thing. I wasn't your decisions are wrong. <laughs> my ex-boyfriend's brain wasn't fully developed. <laughs> my ex-boyfriend's brain was too <laughs> Still soft. Oh, so I, I, honestly, <laughs> Leo I mean, DiCaprio likes them when they're still soft. <laughs> anyway. Oh no, am I Leo? No, no, just the one time. Um, <laughs> how old are you? I need to start dating octogenarians. Mm-mm. What does that even mean? I someone over the age of eighty. Stop it. Geriatric. Let me overcorrect and swing the other way. I do not do that. end up with an inheritance you're not ready for and then you'll be a lifetime movie or will i be super ready my prefrontal cortex is developed oh my god i'll guard your treasures old man (laughs) okay um anyway so here's the (laughs) other things we learned about mark got it he had a significant drinking problem he couldn't hold a job yeah he cheated absolutely he was abusive scumbag So this is how, in this where we learn her and Katie became friends because Katie was also going through a bad divorce too. Yeah. I thought Jess and Katie were both the girls from the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And then this was like, no, that was some other girl. And I was like, so that wasn't Jess. Mm-hmm. What is I, happening? I didn't get that until much farther in the movie. I just, I was like, did they forget So they're drinking a nightcap back at her house. Mm -hmm. And as he goes in to kiss her mouth to mouth, finally, what the fuck? Bang, a fucking brick comes crashing through the window. (laughs) I was so distracted. Actually, I never figured out if they, if their lips touched or not. Did they fully touch? I don't remember because the, the, before I knew it, Nick was running out the door, seething and foaming at the mouth. Oh, yeah. His reaction is to go like, what the hell? And then like rip open the front door and sprint outside and go like, who's there? Yeah, he turned into the Hulk. It was insane. Yeah, he was like looking around angrily like he's going to fight somebody. Yeah, he was ready to fight somebody. So I don't know if they kissed. I don't know. I, don't, I think their breaths definitely mingled. I'm not okay. sure if there's any contact but um so he's like very angry and ready to fight. Yeah. Jess's reaction. Whose house it is? This is Jess's home. She follows him outside. Mm-hmm. She stands awkwardly with her arms kind of like down and away from her body like she she's a sure mannequin. does. And she just kind of swivels one way and mm-hmm. then the other and just goes, maybe it's kids? <laughs> she said verbatim like she's not even properly alarmed listen she doesn't lock her doors she doesn't (laughs) lock her doors she's like what are we expecting here like if i wasn't frightened by the if i was her and i wasn't frightened by the brick Mm -hmm. i would still be fucking pissed about the fact that now i have to pay Mm -hmm. to have my goddamn window replaced Mm mm-hmm
1: Let's, Let's, window. Window. Let's
0: just hammer a bunch of money because I'm an asshole decided to throw a brick through my goddamn window and then also the inconvenience Stop of having my window replaced. Open window overnight. Yeah, I'd be fucking pissed. The draft, the bugs, the raccoons. I mean, she's, uh, she's as covered up as a Victorian woman, so chances are she'd catch a draft and die. <laughs> so next day, yoga class again. Jess tells Katie that someone threw a brick through her front window and is oddly chill about it because Mm -hmm. she i guess does not care Mm -hmm. and katie's like why didn't you call me bro what yeah bro what why didn't you call me that's crazy are you okay Mm -hmm. she's like very reasonably is like why don't you come stay with me like that's scary Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem safe yes just that's okay and then just like slips in there that nick is offered to stay over Mm mm-hmm just make sure to tell Katie, like, don't worry, he's sleeping on the couch. Like, we are all 30! <sighs> okay, okay. I would call her a liar, because I've called Jess a liar through Moses' movie. Mm-hmm. But I do think that she made him sleep on the couch. She did. There's a piousness to her. There is a piousness. Maybe it's the shin-length skirts. And, and this is also why I refuse to believe they're 30, because I, I believe that she made him sleep on the couch, Yeah, she has a weird piousness. Ugh. If I was having a man stay mm-hmm. over that I was super duper into, like to the level that Jess is into him, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, he's staying in my bed and we're fucking. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Greg and I came against something like this when we started dating. Shut up. I tried to make him sleep on the couch just because i uh the story we won't make that we'll tell the story later probably in pieces on the podcast but (laughs) i had greg and allison tell me together the story of how they got together and it was a comedy of errors (sighs) i still can't believe you guys made it (laughs) (laughs) you made it i tried to make him sleep on the couch when he stayed over one night um because i just like i was in school with him and i want to sleep with him yeah yeah but you were also not like just as level no you know what i mean like you did not have i still had soft brain okay so (laughs) i mean just also has soft brain yeah she's got soft brain i still had soft brain and i was like i don't know if i want him to sleep in my bed and then i tried to get my couch to like do the unfolding thing because i have one of those cheap old folding out target couches Mm -hmm. and i got in my bed and i watched greg try to get on that disgusting crickety old thing and I, i was just like Fuck it get in my bed <laughs> <laughs> and then that's yeah I, we love greg because he was willing he was willing everything. he was like okay he was like here we go doing it and then you took pity on him <laughs> also other context here is why is kate so worried about jess's sex life i don't think kate is jess is the one who's like don't worry we're not sending the and kate's like i didn't ask <laughs> So Nick fucking shows up at yoga. Oh, that was my least favorite part. That's a no-no. Anybody who's in a relationship, listen to me, listen to me. If you're in a relationship with somebody who has a best friend and they have best friend time and you think it's a good idea to show up during their best friend time, think again. Do not show up to best friend time if you are only invited by one of the friends. You need to get permission from both of those motherfuckers because if you show up in best friend time, with only the invite of one, or worse, uninvited. That's not a red flag. That's a piece of dynamite. Do not fucking do that. I think Mm -hmm. Jess invited Nick. He only got one invite though. Oh yeah, 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 no, 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 no. But Jess thought it was totally okay. She thought, yeah, that was bad friend, bad friend etiquette. So I'm not gonna blame Nick, I'm blaming Jess. I know. Don't, and they've also been dating at this point for 49 hours, (laughs) so it's extra Mm -hmm. inappropriate that Mm -hmm. he's going to yoga on the best friend time. Mm -hmm. No, no. Bull chest and neck are you're right. Just pretending like it's totally fine, and it's totally not. Mm-hmm. Um, he smooches Jess on the cheek again. Their chemistry is clocking in at a tight zero percent. Oh God. Here's my new theory. Yeah, I think it was in these actors' contracts that they do not kiss. Huh? I, I I I feel it, it. It's so. No. Did they kiss at all? I'm like having a really hard they time. Did. They don't. I just it it seems like it so go. out of place how unphysical they are. I feel like it was like a signed contract <laughs> somewhere and it is so baffling to me. So Katie's pissed cause her friend did not tell her that she invited him to their yoga class. Reasonable. And she's being a little snippy with them and is eye rolling for Jesus because <laughs> she's like, What the fuck? Why the fucking fuck is this fucking guy here? <laughs> they leave yoga and Nick's like, You ready for lunch? And Katie walks ahead and just is all, Kitty, where are you going? And Katie's like, I'm going to work. <laughs> and Jess is like, aren't you coming to lunch? And Katie's like, uh, you already have a date. So Nick very wisely sort of just like bows out of this. Mm-hmm. And then Jess and Katie start having a fight. Yeah. Jess says, why are you being like this? Like I can still summon up the face she makes mm-hmm. when she says this. Yeah. It looks like her mouth is going to fall off her face. <gasps> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh <my God! laughs> And Katie's like, bro, breakfast, yoga, these are our things. And you're inviting this dude you hardly know to like crash our shit without asking. Mm-hmm. And I'm team Katie. Yeah. As, again, that's a no-no. Yeah, you don't do that. And I I think we've all known people who they get into a couple and then suddenly their boyfriend is always there for An everything. An extra limb. Don't like it. Oh my God. And Jess is being such a wiener about this and just <laughs> acting like Katie's being unreasonable. And... It infuriated me. And yeah. just this is this awful thing. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think Katie's being very articulate. She is. About what's up and what's bothering her. Mm-hmm. And just is like, just because I met someone doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. No one's stopping you from doing the same. <gasps> oh, bitch! You know that's not what this is about. And now you just made it about something extra. Oh, my God. Yes. I was just like, fuck off. So then just does the whole well maybe you're just jealous when was the last time you went on a date when was the last time you hung out with anyone who wasn't me i have never and i have been in friend arguments okay Okay, i'm ready i've got i've got a history of them i have never been called jealous when it was not somebody else trying to avoid something they did mm-hmm. okay nothing irritates me more than somebody trying to derail me by calling me jealous. I'm like, if I was jealous, I would just go get the thing. <laughs> All right. It's, it's such a, to me, like, it's such an obvious manipulation. It is! And it's it's the obviousness that is that is infuriating because it becomes so absurdly obvious mm-hmm. that it is impossible to address. Yeah. I'm, it's, you you because, feel like you go into a different reality for a second. Well, in order to like call them out on it, then, I mean, they've succeeded by turning the argument into something it. else. I mean, they totally, yeah. it's a bullshit deflection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a fucked up thing to say, which she says that Katie is super fucked up. Yeah, bad friend move. A bad friend. Jess is being a terrible friend. Yeah, something I know. Katie responds by saying, I can't believe you. And I can't believe that that's how Katie reacted, because I would have been like, Jess, how about you fuck all the way off? <laughs> So she storms off. Yeah. And just takes absolutely no ownership over this. She still has like a like a fly catching gape about her. She's like a family. What's she still mad about. Yeah. Mouth open. Mouth open. I don't think it's actually open, but metaphorically it feels open. I think her and Nick are becoming the mouth open couple. Cut to the cafe. Mm. Katie's real mad at the coffee machine. And- <laughs> Just as an Anna rocks up with her red glasses and red lipstick and nose ring and we love her and she's like, oh hello. <laughs> and Katie asks Anna what she thinks about Jess's new boyfriend, like, what do you think about Nick? Don't you think it's all moving real fast? His crime novels. His crime novels are freaky. <laughs> But Anna, told, and this is where I'm like, Anna, no! Because she co signs him. She does. She's like, he's fucking hot, so let's ignore all the red flags. Yeah. And we've all got skeletons in our closet. I once donked my econ TA, and I regret <laughs> it. But it be like that sometimes. She really did say that. And this is not relevant at all to the plot, but it's a it, funny animal. Not bit. at all, but God bless Anna. Like, <laughs> honestly, th- I don't know if that, that was a reasonable response, but it was a realistic one for who she is. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah, it really explains a lot about Anna. Yeah. That's the kind of writing we're looking for. Yep. And my notes here just say, so then it cuts to these two shitheads holding <laughs> hands. <laughs> they're walking together to Jess's front door. They're looking at the boarded up window. And Jess is like, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> and Nick's all like, do you want me to stay over again? And Jess says like, no, it's okay. You don't need to stay over again. I'm not a slut. I'm I'm a Puritan. I'm, I'm pure <laughs> so pure i'm born again in jesus me and my beige tops are pure oh so she enters her house which she never locks the door front door to it's mm. fine and nick's dumb narration of his book starts playing <laughs> where he's talking about being a serial killer and how much he loves to serially kill yeah he's got to be boner for it he's <laughs> fucking stupid Have a boner for blood Got a boner for blood that's basically what the voiceover says that's the name of the book i don't know if you checked it <laughs> I, I misspelled boner for blood as burning desire it's crazy typos sometimes i tell you <laughs> so jess is in her kitchen pouring herself a glass of wine and she hears a sound and she turns around and she's wearing the most god-awful dress <laughs> <laughs> and she's like who's there hello and hello hello this <laughs> like let me walk barehanded to go meet my murder in the hallway <laughs> like truly like I couldn't understand because I lived uh alone for a summer in a two-story condo wow. I was really house-sitting for like a Chinese millionaire whatever we don't have time to get into that that's wild it was like a great of a in grad school again we don't have time to get into it got it I turned his fancy Roomba on while I went off to work <gasps> and when I came back It had knocked a bunch of shit over in my apartment, so it looked like someone had been there. Like, I didn't realize it was a roommate at first. Oh, no. So I took the biggest knife out of my kitchen and just, like, went through the condo, like, knife first, checking everywhere to be, like... So when she walks, when she has this energy of just being, like, bareheaded in the hallway, asking to be killed, Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. She's like, that's crazy. I guess they didn't hear anything. Again, not bothered by the brick. Doesn't question noises when she's alone. No, she walks back to her wine, and then you just hear the most cartooners, hey, babe! <laughs> and a man hugs her from behind, and it scares the absolute <laughs> shit out of her. Except it doesn't make sense where he came from, whatever. Yeah. And she turns around and she's like, you've broken my house! Which isn't is it breaking if he just walked right in? Is it? Yeah. And this is Marco, her ex husband! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved this actor. Yeah, he actually he did a good job. He brought everything to this role we know he's drunk because he's got like the squinty eyes with the raised eyebrows no no. his hair is all disheveled he's wearing a jacket that's like half on half off like like one arm is kind of it's like off of his shoulder because he's so drunk he couldn't possibly put his jacket on properly Mm -hmm. he was so good this actor was so good he did a great job he's the real star he literally took the entire bottle of wine to his mouth I wrote that in my notes. Like she accuses him of breaking into her house. And he was like, Glug, Glug, bitch. And so she's like, Get out of my house. And he's like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts going, I've been thinking. And he's all slurry and drunk. And then he like stops mid sentence and goes, Oh, and grabs a ball of wine that just was like just pouring on the counter. And he just chugs it right in front of her improv And he's like, Ah, it's good. And I was like, This actor is loving this. I loved it! This scene, I was just like, I couldn't tear my eyes away. <laughs> so drama bomb, mm-hmm. he's like, I didn't sign any divorce papers. So she's not recently divorced! Well, oh my, okay, okay, okay. Wow. So he's like, I didn't sign any divorce papers. Guess Jess, what? Jess is a liar. Legally, we're still married and she's like, get out! And the anger <laughs> smashes the bottle of wine on the ground, which is really scary. Yeah. He's all upset and telling her, She's his, hus- she's his husband? Nope. <laughs> Telling her he's her husband and he's trying to get her back. And just when you think something bad might happen, Jess... No! In runs Kate, who's like, take this, bird. And Pepper sprays the absolute shit out of him. <laughs> and so he runs off into the night and Katie and Jess are friends again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of scenes that I, I didn't recap because I'm like, it kind of doesn't matter. No. But um, just know that there's a detective with robust eyebrows. That's right. Yep. Jess. So he's taking Jess and Katie's statements about the whole thing. And here comes Nick walking through that wide open door. Mm -hmm. His wide open mouth. (laughs) Again, I keep being like, so Allison. Yeah. I don't know. know. If this happened to me and I was (laughs) dating somebody for like Mm -hmm. six and a half days like Jess, (laughs) I wouldn't, I would not invite him over. Because she, like invites him. i I wouldn't invite him over. I would be like, "I'm not ready to be this vulnerable with you, yeah, especially if I had something to do with an ex-husband who I'm legally still married to. yeah, like this is my business, not wow. your business. And like, Nick is still a stranger. He's still a stranger I, and i I would not want a stranger knowing my business. No, I will say you're a Scorpio, but um <laughs> the <sighs> some people really do find comfort in men which is unfortunate um but people also find comfort in having like a, a person who is dating them just around and it seems like jess is already as we have noted somebody who is like hits the gas real fast okay so how how long do you think they've actually been dating at this point? point six and a half days like you just said <laughs> <laughs> um, i i am more like i'm not sure jet like i'm i'm trying to empathize with jess i'm i'm definitely in team katie right now like jess ain't in her right mind her her ex-husband just walked into her house because she doesn't know how to lock her doors yeah i just had to pepper spray him because i just walked into her house because i just felt like it this is a lot this person isn't thinking and if you know nick showed up i wouldn't even trust my best friend really to be like yeah everything you know i would just be interjecting myself and maybe that would be the wrong thing to do um and that's where i'm coming from like nick shouldn't even be there Nick should not be there. And he could send a text. He could say, Do you need anything? Are you okay? I don't think I'd tell him about it until after I was done giving my statement. <sighs> I, I don't I don't know. And the I understand I have weird opinions about stuff, but this seems like a lot. Not a weird So I think we're about to recap one of your favorite scenes. Oh god. Which is where uh post ex-husband break in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Katie goes to the yoga studio and meets Nick, and they just stand about four feet away from Jess, who's doing manic yoga. She's doing, no, she's doing manic yoga in a yoga studio with nobody else around. Oh, it's empty. It's empty and it's just those three people and they are standing there. And they're talking about her like she's not even there. Talking about her and watching her like she is some sort of performance artist. I mean, that's the only other way to explain. We keep trying to bring logic to this again. Yeah, Nick is like uh, how is she and Katie's like well she's only spoken 10 words in the last three days and done about a hundred chaturangas so not great <laughs> so I think I misspoke I think it, it's I said that Katie rocked up no Nick rocks up to meet Katie so Katie says three days have elapsed mm-hmm. and I guess Nick hasn't talked to Jess in those three days we don't know <laughs> the movie is presenting us with the most bananas way to deal with drama hmm like the not talking thing I get doing yoga aggressively. Do yo doing yoga aggressively. Aggressively. Is that even the top like 200 ways I would guess anybody would cope with their ex-husband breaking into their home? Doesn't but- it defeat the purpose of yoga? I don't know. This is the woman who thinks drinking a margarita with an umbrella in it is like really letting loose. So maybe this does make sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so they're just talking about her in like like 4 feet away from her. Alone Jess is still yogaing <laughs> and <laughs> she's processing she's processing and finally Jess lifts out of her funk and tells Katie like in another scene just like, you know you don't need to coddle me You're, we liter- <laughs> they literally do they they do and then so the two of them drink a bunch together and then they have like a, a like an I'm sorry off for a little bit. Like just is like I'm sorry. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. And just like no, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. So they have an I'm sorry off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it seems like they've buried the hatchet. We're at the cafe. Okay. This movie only has five different only five locations. Five locations. Thank you so much. <laughs> Nick busts in all excited, like major puppy dog energy, oh, and it's like, wow, Kate, you're so great. just back to her old self, you're so amazing. Uh, you yeah. I know. And so this is where I noticed that like Nick does talk to Kate with the same energy he talks mm-hmm. to Jess with. Mm-hmm. But Katie's not bamboozled by it. No. She's doing what I do when people are like a little, like have that energy where I'm just sort of like, what do you want from me? Like, what are you trying to get from me right now? Yeah. Which makes me sound like a mean person. I love people. But if you're coming in, I just feel like you're trying to manipulate me when you have that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Suspicion is real. I'm very suspicious. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just here to validate you. <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm really that sigh sounded like I was upset, but I really was just like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. You're releasing me <laughs> from my own demons. <laughs> so he's like, guess what Katie have a surprise to share? And this is the necklace. Ugly. <laughs> he shows Katie this necklace he bought. He wants to give to Jess. Yeah. He's like, what do you think? Do you think she'll like it? Oh my God. And we're made to understand by Katie's reaction that this is supposed to be like a diamond necklace. Yeah. However, yeah. it looks like Nick popped over to Claire's in the, oh. at the mall and got the like nicest cubic zirconia pendant he could find. True or false? It's so bad. This was a real prop moment for me. It's real bad. Uh Katie's like, this is kind of fast. So she gives him a version of the talk that she gave mm-hmm. uh Jess earlier, which is like this is kinda of fast, this is kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Like uh every like everyone slowed down and Nick is like, just means the world to me. I just want to show her. He wants to show her with a mm-hmm. necklace because these actors refuse to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> True. So I'm, again, siding with Katie because mm-hmm. she's like, she's been through a huge trauma. Mm-hmm. She got a breakthrough in her window. She doesn't lock her doors. Her husband came in and drank all her wine. Yeah. She's like, do you think she's going to want to get into a serious relationship after she just had a wild incident with her drunk ex-husband? Mm-hmm. And at the mention of the ex-husband, Nick gets all mad. He's like, that son of a bitch. is like, that son sort of a bitch. Like, his, he flips like that, and again, it's like, is this bad writing, or is it a clue? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing this thing. Now there's different mouth acting. His oh, mouth no. is no longer ajar. Tight. tight, tight line, yes! tight angry line. He's like pulling in his lips and licking them, Ew. which I've never seen a person do in real life, but we're supposed to believe this is what an angry person looks like. Yeah, He's moistening his lips so he can say that son of a bitch again and again. <laughs> So, Justin, I mean, so he tells Katie, like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna give her the necklace. And uh, Justin and Nick are back on their bullshit, mm-hmm. drinking wine together in her house, mm-hmm. which to them is like third base. Gross. <laughs> you know, Katie gives Justin a gift basket, but she sees them inside together, so she kind of like leaves it on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Doorstep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Doorstep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And pieces out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a big prop moment because the gift basket, I don't know if you clocked this. Oh yeah what i clocked in the basket is military grade pepper spray (laughs) a wedge of cheese interesting a pineapple Mm -hmm. and what looks like a head of raw kale oh this is kind of adding up with katie's proclivities for like making food we'll get to that it was absolutely wild so we cut to marco who's drinking at a bar all miserable and looking at a really badly photoshopped photo of him and just together there's a sign next to him that says cash only which is how you know it's like an establishment for ne'er-do-wells <laughs> you know bums he also pulls out a fat stack of 20s to pay his tap which i feel like it should should have been like fistfuls of singles that he pulls out of his pockets yeah like crumpled sticky ones and coins yeah I want him to pay his tab in dimes and nickels, mm. but he has a fat stack of 20s. And they, they make it sound like this man is a train wreck, but he seems like he has a lot of money. He's fine. He's just got a drinking problem. <laughs> Famous <last words. laughs> Yeah, right. So because he leaves, he's stumbling out the back door into an alley. He's got mm. the photo in one hand. Mm. He's all cliche, cliche. Cliche goes up these metal stairs and he looks at someone who stands at the top of the stairs. The viewer cannot see who it is. Mm-hmm. And he's all, what the hell are you doing here? And mm-hmm. then he falls backwards down the stairs. We don't really see what happens. We presume he is pushed. Mm-hmm. And then wee-woo-wee-woo, next day the popo are at a crime scene. And guess what? Marco's fucking dead. <laughs> Not wee-woo-wee-woo. Wee-woo-wee-woo. Okay. So Detective Eyebrows. Oh, I Detective before, Eyebrows. He's at Jess's place talking to Jess and Nick at her dining room table, telling her their ex-husband is dead. And had been heavily intoxicated when he died. He floats the idea that he might have killed himself. Mm -hmm. And my big question is, why is Nick there? Why is is he there? They're married now. (sighs) He's her husband. He has to know these things. He gave up his book tour and his life in fancy New York. He gets to know these things. Like, they have barely been seeing each other for any time at all. Let's be generous and say they've been seeing each other for a month. Yeah, I cannot right. shut the fuck up about this. No. Fair listeners, you have to deal with me screaming about this because, like, even if I was seeing someone for a month, mm-hmm. two months, I'd say even three months, mm-hmm. I would not want someone in my business. Like, I might tell them what's going on, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have them there with me talking to a detective to be like, your ex husband is. Dead, deceased, departed, and Mm -hmm. we don't know how or why. We found his brain, not in his body. uh, Just, uh, like, if I was just, I'd want Katie there. I would, yeah, I would also want Katie there. And it, again, like, classic, this happens when your friend is way too into a dude, and then he's suddenly another limb. yeah, have you had people? Have you had people like this in your life before? Yes, of course I have. It's just like a worm in their brain. It happens. Some people, it happens to some people. Well, I'm mad at Jess about it. Yeah, that's okay. I'm furious with her. It's that is completely reasonable. It, you know, and because this is like very emotionally fraught, because Detective Eyebrows, I think, very meanly mm-hmm. slides over a ziploc sandwich bag labeled evidence. Oh, and it's the fucking photo. It's the photo, the badly photoshopped photo of Jess and Marco, and he's like, he was holding this when he died. So unnecessary. He did not need to do that to her. No! It and was... also, it was evidence she didn't need to know, you don't know that she didn't kill him. And she doesn't get to keep it either. He like snatches it right back and he's like, that's evidence. I'm like, fuck you detective eyebrows. Like why, why are you doing this? So he leaves. Uh huh. And of course Jess is crying which is completely understandable because her ex-husband, who she was with since high school, mm-hmm. the only penis that's been up in her, mm-hmm. very suddenly died. Mm-hmm. And you would have a lot of feelings. Yeah, but Nick doesn't get this because he says, "I know this must be confusing for you, but this man is not worth your tears." <gasps> and she just goes, "Very rightly, why would you say that to me? I'm on her side. I can't believe I'm on. I wish he needs to mind his own. You know, that's when you mind your own business. Any man yeah. who tells <laughs> you you should not be crying when you are crying is garbage. Yeah, another red flag. Another red flag. Don't ever let somebody tell you not to cry. So, Je- so Nick is like, Jess, after what he did to you? Mm-hmm. And Jess is like, you weren't even here for that. She- She's like having to defend her feelings and explain herself to this man. And so I hate this mm-hmm. man. Yeah. This is where I turned on Nick. And I'm like, Jess, I know you've been a shitty friend. But now I'm on your side. Yeah. I'm accidentally, this movie has accidentally. It just twists you up. Like twist that. me up by accident. Or twists and turns. So he's not believing her. He's doing like silent sighing and eye rolling. Did you catch that? <sighs> yeah. Like, it's, you would think because he's a writer who's written such, like, emotional books that are sellers that he would have, he would understand that emotions are complex, that there's depth to emotions. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't. No, I don't have that expectation for people. I have very little expectations for people. I will say that. Well, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed from the beginning. But again, so now I'm about to get mad at Jess again, because Jess oh. did not tell Katie that Marco died. Because, okay, so we're at a cafe oh, with Katie, oh, so now, yeah. and Anna whooshes in. Anna! She says something so rude. I didn't, uh, okay, I didn't write it down exactly, but like, it's along the lines, and as insensitive as, yeah, did you hear friggin' drunk ass Marco's friggin' dead? <laughs> like that's, that's in which she like says like tells katie the news bro bit the dust bro fucking bit the dust like she she, anna doesn't care no i love anna and katie's like he's what now he's what he's what now excuse me yeah and he's freaking dead so katie (laughs) so but but again maybe we shouldn't blame Jess actually because She did call Katie. Katie never, this bitch never answers her phone. Katie reaches into her apron and has about 20,000 missed calls from her phone. Yeah, that's true. That's that bad. So I wrote here the subplot of this movie is that Katie actually does not know how phones work. (laughs) (laughs) So Katie goes to Jess's house where where Jess and Nick are and Nick is pouring hot water and making them tea which is the least he could do because he's been such a shithead. Yeah. Katie is telling Jess about how Marco died. And Jess does not think it's suicide. Mm -hmm. She's like, he wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And Katie is shook. She's so shook that she has to excuse herself to go to the bathroom and splash cold water on her face. (laughs) So when she opens the door of the bathroom, goddamn Nick is there. Yeah, he oh my god like he was so close that I think he was pressing his face into the crack in the door closest thing to a Jump scare in that movie <laughs> Is her opening the fu- you know when somebody's waiting to get in the elevator, and they're just like way too Excited to like just fucking run in there, and they damn near run into you oh, never happened to me okay. Happ- That Sounds horrible it happens to me people are like really busting ass to get like they are tearing ass to get into the elevators And it happened and I get fucking rushed it happens subway cars or another thing kind of. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. give you subway cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like that. It's, at first, I was like, you know, I just separated from the movie for a second. I was like, why you really had to pee? You couldn't just like, wait? I mean, it does have the energy of someone who had explosive diarrhea. Yeah, he was like, I'm shitting my pants. That would have again, made more sense. So, this huge house only has one bathroom. <laughs> so she opened the door and she's like, what the fuck? And mm-hmm. he's like, are you okay? And she's like, <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm just like kind of shook. And he's like, damn, Katie, I thought you'd be with me on this one. He had it coming. And she's like, uh, and he's like, what if it was your ex-husband? Wouldn't you be happy if he was dead? And she's like, no, I don't know. He's like a piece of shit, but like, I don't want him to die. And he's acting super crazy. And Katie's like, I'm just like, let me get back in there. Like, okay. So they're having this conversation where he's like, I'm glad he's dead. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Again, Jess is seated. Yeah, six feet away, mm-hmm. but apparently she doesn't, she doesn't hear anything. Yeah, she doesn't know how to listen. The the that's established. The scene they cut out from this movie is mm-hmm. where Jess is diagnosed with being hard of hearing. Got it. Yeah, which mm-hmm. would again make all this make way more sense. Mm-hmm. So now, like, they, they go back to the kitchen, and you could tell Katie's thinking, like, did he do it? hmm Because he's menacingly chopping a tomato. Oh <laughs> chopping vegetables is always menacing in a Lifetime movie. Yeah. And this does come back later. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Jess is like, I'm feeling a lot better. It's been a whole 13 hours, mm-hmm. and I've really made peace with the traumatic and sudden death of my ex-husband. <laughs> Katie is like, oh, I have to bring something up and I don't want you to get mad, which is <laughs> how you know you're about to get mad. I, I've definitely had friends who's like, <laughs> come to me and they're like, I have something to tell you, but I don't want you to get mad. and you, I'm already mad.
1: I'm already I'm mad, mad already I'm but you have mad. to
0: say I won't get mad. Cause yeah. then you don't get to hear the thing. I don't say that to people. I go, you better fucking tell me right now. You, if you, it doesn't work with me. People know better. Kin- Kinsey and I have had a very long friendship she just tried that with me and it doesn't work i go you gotta tell me now because you can't not tell me and i'm already mad so that you done gone and done fuck that up i love the energy of you just being like too late i'm furious yeah <laughs> I'm like what'd you do god damn it what the fuck did you do oh, i got bad dad energy with that kind of stuff bad dad energy. <laughs> so of course they're revisiting the conversation about how jess's relationship is moving too fast mm-hmm. and like how well does she really know him and like okay so we're rehashing that shit. but my question here is like is it moving too fast because if she had like if they were talking about getting married or opening up like a joint bank account (laughs) like it kind of isn't really moving that fast they're annoying as shit, Mm -hmm. but it's they haven't slept together Mm -hmm. they've never made out Mm -hmm. they aren't like moving in together they're not buying Mm -hmm. a house they're not getting married they're not engaged they're not Like financially caught up in each other. That's true. But Nick changing his entire life to stay in that small town. I did forget about that. Yeah. I'm so deep into this movie and recap that I forgot. Yeah. Okay. So that, I mean, no, together they are not moving quickly. Nick jumped the gun for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And I think at this point, anytime Katie's saying you're moving too fast, she's just projecting. I understand. I've been I've been a jealous worried friend before. Yeah. I don't want to spend my time with anybody else. So, anyway, I don't like him, you know? <laughs> no thank you. But you have to get over it. Well, okay, but this is what would make me furious mm-hmm. if your friend dead ass <laughs> said to you. Yeah, I know him really well. And he's helping me through this stuff and he's really nice to me. You don't know him really well. I think whoever you're dating for the first six months, that is not really them. That is the best version of them. It's true. We're clocking in at maybe three weeks if we're being generous with this relationship. And that's what I would say. I'd say, the men you made a sheet cake for three weeks ago? Yes. Well, so Katie clumsily, but sort of rightfully brings that up. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says it in a really nice way. She's like, you know, Sometimes you can't clock right away when someone's a bad person. Like, just, Mm -hmm. she doesn't say this, but it is the energy of like, just because someone's being nice Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they are nice. Mm -hmm. And like, Jess interprets all this, she Mm -hmm. takes it uh, very personally, Mm -hmm. even though Katie said not to get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Katie's like, so jess interprets this as like katie doesn't trust her judgment and katie's like it's not about that it's literally just like you just do not know him mm-hmm. that's what you simply do not know him but also she doesn't trust her judgment i mean she won't because i wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then katie okay what do you think about this when katie reveals that she's been doing some snooping see she, so she says and i this can't possibly be true i refuse to believe it's true mm-hmm. she says that most schools have their yearbooks online which sounds fake because there's no way someone took the physical yearbook from my high school graduating <laughs> class and scanned it into the computer. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's true. However, I didn't go to private school. I don't know what private schools do. They have like legacies and shit for high schools. Yeah, some private schools They're are like- of that shit. I also, I did not go to, I went to y- public school. Y- yeah, some people are like very proud of their high school life, so it is possible. I'm not gonna erase that possibility. But if Katie and Jess are living in a world where only people go to private school and they put those shits online because they're proud of it, that would be unsurprising to me. Okay. I really came in here hot with like, that's impossible, but we went went to public school. Greg, our one listener, uh, (laughs) please write in. So Katie's like, I snooped on Nick's old yearbook. He had a high school girlfriend named Mary Townsend and she's like, I think we should go talk to her. Mm Mm-hmm. Just to be real, I would definitely snoop on a friend's new boyfriend. I would, but you can't show your hand until you find something. Yeah. Jess is pissed. She storms off. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Katie, you can't show your hand until you found the dirt. Mm -hmm. And then you break the news. Mm -hmm. And then accept that they'll probably still be mad at you. Mm -hmm. So Katie decides that even though Jess is mad at her, she's going to put her goddamn Sherlock Holmes hat on and find the dirt. And she does. She types Mary Townsend into off-brand Google and she finds out everything she needs to know she calls freaking Mary up and she gets the scoop which is that Nick and Mary had a kid together and she goes and tells Jess this and Jess is devastated to learn this and so she decides she's going to confront Nick so Jess okay so Jess (laughs) is like I'm going to confront him so she invites Nick to come to the cafe again because they only had the budget to have five different locations in this movie only five only five. So he comes to the cafe and he walks in and whips off his glasses. Like, hey, hey what the? Yeah. He's so excited to see her. Which he doesn't read the room because as soon as you see Jess, she looks like she got hit by a goddamn bus. Yeah, she's fucking pissed. <laughs> he's not reading the room. She's like, sit down. This won't take long. Oh, Like, she's going to fire him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is being fired for being her boyfriend. He's being fired. <laughs> So she drops the bomb. She's like, I know about your son, Brendan. (laughs) And then, okay, she calls Brendan an illegitimate child. That feels unreal to me. That made me so mad. Who says that? So she's like, so you have a fucking kid you didn't fucking tell me about. What the fuck is up with that? (laughs) She's really mad. And he does a lick, the... The mouth open thing? No, he does a lip licking he's blowing his mouth in titans look it so we know that he's upset. (laughs) uh the less we trust him the more he's been licking his lips that's what i learned (laughs) from this movie and he says oh my god he says he starts with i was young and she's like it's too late for that to which he replies just i'm falling in love with you and This is where all these conversations made me feel insane because those are not things that all go together. Nobody is talking to each other; they're no. just saying statements. No, and she's like, "You lied to me," and he's like, "Let me explain." And then here's the thing that like men do, which is like he reaches across the table and he tries to touch her. Yes. No. When you're mad, you don't want someone touching you. Do not touch. Don't put people. your skin on my skin. He <laughs> <laughs> got so mad. Do not put your fingers on somebody when they're angry. Don't put your thingies on my thingies You <laughs> will break your finger. <laughs> what if she just snapped all <laughs> his fingers in half? What if she just ate his hand? That would make this movie more interesting. Yeah. They didn't do that for Her though. jaw just unhinges and she eats. Swallows him whole. Yeah. Lifetime make that movie. <laughs> so she's not having it, and Nick spots Katie, who's kind of like hovering her amazing mm-hmm. And he's like, You did this, didn't you? How knows so quickly. Well, he's like, you can't stand Jess having anyone in her life except for you, which is unfair. That's unfair. Like, sir, you're the one with the whole kid you didn't tell her about. I would also be like, bro, you've been here for like a week and a half. I know. So Jess is like, get out, you scoundrel. And he he does. He leaves. He's wearing white pants and he's upset. Oh my god. But here's where I would like your judgment call. Okay. Okay. So he has an entire child he did not tell her about. Yeah which, to be fair, they've only date, been dating for 27 and a half hours <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> she never told him mm-hmm. that she was never actually divorced yeah. from her dearly departed deceased ex-husband. Yeah. Who's not her ex-husband. <clears throat> her husband died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who's, Do you think she is right to be this upset with him, or... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying what he did was okay. I think she's right. But because when you have a living human child mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. cannot be divorced from you mm-hmm. and is never going to be divorced from you, like I said initially, that shit's in your dating profile. You don't just go out into the world and you're like, I'm a dude who's just looking who's single and that's all. You got to put, I'm a single dad well okay you gotta you justifying it later and we'll get into that yeah and then i don't think he views himself as his dad because he's kind of not but still you have a whole ass child yeah you have a whole ass child that needs to be said on like the first date like you need to be like listen but to be fair she thinks he has a whole ass child in the relationship with because he doesn't get to explain fuck all to her yeah i mean it's because he chooses to say jess i'm falling in love with you instead of (laughs) Hello, the mother and I do not have a relationship. I offered financial support and she didn't want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I mean, it's a mess. The relationship is... They don't... We, we've established that they do not communicate. We established that we hate Jess and Nick. Yeah. So there's a montage of Katie and Jess being friends again and healing. Being best friends. Yup. And Jess gets a bouquet from Nick that's like an apology. And she throws it out because she's We're over him. Directly in the trash. Um, Perfectly good flowers. But she's not really over him because some time has passed. I don't know how much time. hours three hours have passed (laughs) and yeah in this movie's universe it's it's been three hours three hours what do you know she's walking with her yoga mat outside the yoga studio and guess who's there he's always interrupting yoga he is lurking on yoga that's (sighs) his fun thing that he does he doesn't seemingly do anything except for occasionally type into a computer Mm -hmm. and show up
1: show up places
0: where no one wants him so he successfully bamboozles her into listening to his side of the story. Yep. So as he tells it, mm-hmm. Mary got pregnant mm-hmm. and he didn't know what to do. He mm-hmm. was an aspiring writer with no job and no money. Well, he says he offered to quote, do the right thing and get married. Oh, I was, my brain was like, get an abortion. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're all 67 years old. So doing the right thing is getting married. Oh. Uh, but she said, no, Uh, She knew they weren't in love and she didn't want that. So he says, quote, she only asked me for one thing, to stay away. And he says he never met his son. See, He's he's slipping everything out on Mary. I mean, my follow-up question would be like, why did she ask you to stay away? Because she saw the bottom row of his teeth too much because his mouth Um. is open. And she's like, I can't spend my life with that. (laughs) That's fair. Good on you, So, Mary. he's, like, totally painting himself as the victim. Yeah. I didn't yeah. love it. No. I didn't love it. But Jess is touched by the story. Of course. That's the thing. He doesn't drops not much. He drops the elbow on her. He's like, <sighs> love oh, you. And she's like, I need more time. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, basically, that, like, he'll wait for her. Which, a, he has to. She's ever made. He has to wait for her because he canceled his book tour. Yeah. He doesn't no. have anything else to do. He lives there now. So, she walks away and she's like, me and my yoga mat have some thinking to do. Oh, my God. And... Katie's mad as fuck at this, which I would be too. Yeah. She's like, you believed him, and just is like, well, he like looked really sad and stuff. I the deep breath that I would have to take. I I think I've already established myself as a sharp friend. Hey, you're a pointy friend. I'm pointy. So if somebody had the ill foresight to say something to me. Along the lines of, well, he seemed like he was telling the truth. After all of that, I, I wouldn't have to say any words to that friend. Well, okay, so they're fighting again. Of course, and Dust bust out the big gun. She's like, "I love him." And Katie's like, she says to her, "He's bad for you. You just can't see it. He's manipulating you." Yeah, I don't think you could say that stuff outright to a friend like that. Mm. I don't think you could say it explicitly, because mm. they're never going to be like, you know what, you're right. Yeah, I would have said that though. I've said that I have said those things. It doesn't work, right? You can't, you just can't. It's like the whole analogy of leading a horse to water. Yeah. You like, you can't, you can do, you can absolutely waste your breath. This is years of wisdom I've accumulated of all the stress that I've been through with friends who date shitty people. Mm -hmm. It's like, they, yeah, you can like look at this dude and say this guy's a piece of garbage, and mm-hmm. they'll go. But he smells like roses, and you go, your nose is broken, babe. And they go, it looks good to me, <laughs> and you go, all right, you just gotta wait that shit out. Yep. I, Katie, can't help herself. I one time, oh my fucking god! I understand, I understand Katie. That. I understand. I one time had a friend who was like hooking up with some dude early, early on when we were much younger, mm-hmm. and I was hanging out with both of them. I don't know this guy. I don't care about him. I don't like him. Bad vibes already. <laughs> And we're talking about something just, I don't even know, tattoos come up. And I just said, white guys with tribal tattoos are just almost always douchebags. No, you didn't. I did. I was that's like, they're that always that douchebags. And that. he pipes up and he goes, I have a tribal tattoo. And I looked at him and I went, okay. <laughs> You're like, did I stutter? Yeah, <laughs> Allison. This guy was an asshole. He like did a lot of crazy stuff. He kind of stalked. He kind of jumped in front of cars. Seems awful. Jumped in front of cars? Yeah, you know. For another podcast, yeah. this is this is incredible. It ain't my story, but like he's, I was right is the answer, <laughs> but it didn't matter, right? It didn't. Matter. No, it didn't matter. No, yeah. you get your. Well, I'm gonna guess that your friend was. You said hooking up with him, stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jess has never seen this man mm-hmm. naked, oh, man. so I'm confused. Yeah, we just keep saying this over and over again. Doesn't make sense. I, I can't get over it. Katie doesn't doesn't understand either so they're having a fight Nick walks in because Jess doesn't lock her door mm-hmm. and Katie storms out and Nick chases after her anyway so this whole sequence where is anger driving and she's anger running whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a car like Katie's walking in a parking structure suddenly a car zooms up and we're made to understand that she's been hit by a car yeah someone tried to murder her Someone tried to murder our girl, Katie. Marco's already dead. Katie's next. Unacceptable. So Detective Eyebrows brings Jess to the hospital to see her friend. Mm -hmm. Katie tells her that Nick is the one who hit her with his car. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jess is Dava stated to learn this. Yeah. But we know she takes Katie's side because she gets a call from Nick, who's been arrested and is already in jail, and she declines the call. (laughs) She has picked Katie over him. (sighs) So now Katie's staying with Jess and she's on crutches. Mm-hmm. She's wearing belted jeans and a tank top. No. So that's not what I wore when I was on crutches for months. <laughs> she should be wearing a sweatsuit or like a formless sack. I don't understand this. So Detective Eyebrows comes over and tells him that Nick made bail. Yeah. Which means he's out about on the streets. Menacing probably. <clears throat> <laughs> and he walks Jess to the door and she asks if there's going to be a trial. And he's like, Probably not. He has a lot of money to get a good lawyer and there's no evidence on his car. Like, he's like, Yeah, I don't think we'd be able to prove it. Yeah. So Jess is now doubting and she's looking at Katie kind of suspiciously. So. Uh, ring-a-ding-ding, Nick actually rings the doorbell to Jess's house instead of so just walking right in Which is the biggest plot twist of the movie if you ask me because he knows that door ain't locked No, he could walk right in, mm. but he's all like, oh, I do do this, I love you, and Jessica's like, what? And... Why don't you just come in? <laughs> but this is where Anna, our assistant Anna our with the red glasses and the nose ring rocks up and she's like, fuck off, and stands the door <laughs> in his face She has said that, that's a direct quote. My notes just say, yas Anna <laughs> But, like, again, Jess has to be rescued by someone else. Like, the first time it was Katie versus ex-husband Marco, and this time it's Anna versus Nick. Yeah. So Katie's uh, being super domestic. Yeah. She's on one crutch chopping vegetables. Chopping vegetables. Okay, and this was my note about how she tells Jess that she's making some kind of eggplant <sighs> turkey thing with no breadcrumbs and no butter, and Jess has the audacity to say aloud, that sounds delicious. Awful. That's fucking terrible. Disgusting. She might as well just said, like, I have all these scraps of vegetables. No breadcrumb. <laughs> no breadcrumb. No breadcrumbs. No butter. Get out of my house. Bye. Uh, so after Jess lies to Katie about how that sounds good. <laughs> she, okay. That's how you know their friendship's falling apart. That's Yeah, it's, it's in tatters. And it's going to get even worse because Jess sits down and it's like, hey. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. I'm just like wondering if you're like sure 100% positive that like Nikki like hit you with his car. And uh, she says, I don't want you to be offended, but a man's life is at stake. And guess what? Katie's offended. Because it's wildly offensive. Mm -hmm. If I was Katie. Yeah. This would be the friendship ending moment. Yeah. I've been like, "Mm, I'm going to go home now. I'd be so incredibly insulted being Mm -hmm. like, I got hit by a car and you just don't believe me Mm -hmm. that it, it was in fact your boyfriend ex-boyfriend like who is he the stranger man i'd be like how dare you this is over so they fight again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but just still understanding why katie's upset because she's like well man's life is at stake why shouldn't i ask (laughs) just to make sure so she doesn't get it we know that's not why you're asking and the next scene is just wakes up the next day Mm -hmm. and rolls over Mm -hmm. and guess what do you want to tell (laughs) him? katie is in bed With her, just snuggled on up, snuggled on up. Couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. Both of them sleep also in a full face of makeup. Full face.
1: And it's not smudged.
0: Earrings in. Earrings in. Earrings in. actually the most unbelievable. I, okay, listen. I will say I have friends who have definitely crawled into my bed. Mm -hmm. But these are friends who have established that they will just do that. And I'm like, that's fine. You guys have an explosive night. No, fight the night before. No, but they weren't like on crutches, and I didn't think that maybe they were lying about somebody hitting them with a car. Yeah, like, you know, it, well, anyway. So it's weird, but we don't comment on it, and Katie just goes, I have a hard time So Katie tells a story about the moment she, like, knew her marriage was over. <sighs> and the only reason I'm bringing up this stupid story is because it becomes relevant later. does. <sighs> okay she said like he was cheating Mm -hmm. a lot and she dropped the lunch off her her ex-husband at his office and she spotted the oh my god and i quote young 19 year old redhead he was having an affair with and she was just done at that moment and because the writing is clumsy we know this will be important later that's (laughs) that's why i noted now we see nick alone somewhere he makes a call to somebody Mm -hmm. we don't know who he's just like i want you to find out absolutely everything you can about katie Sanders. And then later he gets a package with all the information on Katie at his house, and he opens it. I'm gonna spy back. Yeah, he has his Sherlock Holmes hat on. So Anna invites Jess out to drink with her and her young, hip 20-something friends, which is exactly how they talk about them. Yeah. And I hate it. Yeah, that's exactly what they say. But again, Jess is a 40-year-old cast as a 30-year-old, so... This is supposed to, you know, appropriate, I, I guess. I hate all these fucking people. <laughs> I, I, I gotta get my energy back up because I'm exasperated recounting this tale. <laughs> so, so, it key to go. Key doesn't want to go because she wants to stay home and chop vegetables all day. Yeah. If they had said, like, I don't want to go. Like, if she was like, I don't want to go because I'm on crutches, I would get it. Yeah, that would make sense. She was like, I made this meal. Yes, she's like, I made this meal. You're not going to eat this meal with me. I chopped all these vegetables. I kept all the breadcrumbs out. I cannot say that word. You can't. (laughs) Well, I will say, I went to a Halloween party once on crutches, and it was a fucking terrible time. (laughs) It was awful. And I needed those crutches, too, like Katie supposedly does. (laughs) So, Katie goes out with Anna and her friends to this bar. Can we talk about this bar? It's bad. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate? I had a really bad time watching it. I was really upset by this bar. It was just like flashing lights, people standing around. Standing, yeah. Like really average looking people, mm-hmm. not even mostly young, just like you could tell they were extras. It was very brightly lit. It was brightly lit, and people were just like jumping, but uh-huh. some people were standing stick still. I mean, that would be me <laughs> in real life. You wouldn't be there. I wouldn't be there. <laughs> I wouldn't. Anna hasn't changed. Okay, so Jess hasn't changed her dowdy outfit. Not at all. And Anna hasn't changed her outfit at all, except she she added a giant black floppy hat. To wear inside in a very bright club? She is dressed like she's dating a 50s mobster and she's visiting him in jail. Oh, No. <laughs> So Anna's convinced Jess to take shots with her, and we just see shot after shot and they're just, of Just taking shots. Just like dancing and jumping and taking shots and having a great time. Except those shots don't make Jess any more interesting. No. No, drunk Jess is no more interesting she's or She's still stale. She's still stale. So she texts Katie, and she's like, come have fun. And Katie's like, okay, I'll go with on my one crutch after all. Mm-hmm. So as Katie crutches up to the bar, <laughs> she stops to look at the bar from the street because it's all these windows uh-huh. and it's extremely well it's like a basically a lighthouse mm-hmm. and simultaneously we see Nick like six feet away in his car also mm-hmm. watching oh yeah just through the lit windows mm-hmm. so actually mm-hmm. Jess what? is being double stalked but what do they see in those windows <laughs> oh, what do you want to tell, tell them I feel like you want to tell them and by them we mean our one listener Greg who's actually right here with us watching this all go down <laughs> Greg, you know you want to know, right? Yes, Listen. Anna, who really needed to make out with her boss again, <clears throat> Des really needed to do that. And she was like, I just want to do this. I just want you to have fun, and then made out with her boss. Yeah, yeah. Which, so bad decision, bad decision. Jess and Anna lip lock, Jess and Nick never kiss. Oh my god. That's why I think it was in their contract that they were not going to touch their mouths to each other. This movie's so gay. This movie's very gay. It should have just been like, we're gay. But Jess no homo's the shit out of this she, Yeah, she literally, Jess, this is my biggest problem with Jess. Is she literally is like, Jess, middle name, no homo, <laughs> last name, stale. <laughs> or maybe it I'm should sorry. be reversed. Jess, stale, no homo. Yes, exactly. Why is she like that? She's so worried. She should have ran off with Anna. Like, just let Anna also be the boss. She's running your business anyway. I just think this is insane. Not because of lesbianism, but because it's her boss. Like, that's a terrible idea. Bad chance. Well, you know, and she has a history of doing these things, apparently. Anyway. But I wrote in here, but like, Anna's prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. Nope. She's self brain. And just, just, just as is. Jess is. She should be respo- more responsible than this. She leaned fully into this poor decision. She really did. She was like, mm, I'm having a hard time. Also, Anna supposedly you know, invited Jess to have drinks with Anna and her friends. We never see Anna's friends. Mm-hmm. And we double never see Anna's friends because Anna leaves the bar alone later. Like, I where think, are her friends? I think Anna just tricked her boss on a date. That's exactly how I was tricked on a date. I was tricked on a date like that. <gasps> I was totally tricked. not with my boss. I would never. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. Lord, never. But, but you equally got bamboozled? Yeah. This guy was like, Yeah, I'm going to this bar with my friends to have a drink. Do you want to come? And I was like, Fresh, new in Philly. And I was like, I Don't hang out with anybody. I didn't know this was going to be a date. i would show up. He's just sitting at a table with a candle, two, two seats. No. Yeah. yeah. That was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, God damn. That is dude. horrible. Yeah. There's no escape from that. It was a bad time. It's just you, him, and a bunch of candles. <laughs> it's just one. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> who it honestly worse. What if he was they were surrounded by like 50 candles. No, from. it was just like a stale bar and central hate food. Hate that so much. Yeah. I hate that for you. I mean, so maybe maybe that's the move right there. Yeah, that's Anna did it. Mm-hmm. Um bad decision, Anna. Oh, so both of Justice Stalkers <laughs> see her and Anna kiss. Yeah. And Nick anger peels out and drives off. Yeah. I think because he's like, she never kissed me like that. <laughs> and Katie's like her whole vibe is like i'm on one crutch i'm not ready to deal with this yeah and then she just leaves too mm-hmm. everyone stalks and leaves mm-hmm. <laughs> classic and just goes home Katie's mm-hmm. kind of an asshole to her mm-hmm. and uh Anna is stumbling around in an alley at night mm-hmm. where are her friends we don't know she's dropping her keys dropping her keys drunk and that's it. she was stumbling down an alley in her fun and funky hat and oh that's God. how i knew she was gonna die <laughs> She gets in front of her building, she has her keys out, and suddenly a black hooded figure attacks her from behind and strangles her to death. So Anna's fucking dead. Anna's fucking dead. Fucking fucking dead. So Jess is all hungover the next day, and Katie's being weirdly nice to her at the cafe for once. And Jess is acting like she's never had a hangover in her life. She's like, it was so much fun, but the morning after is unreal. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's what a hangover is. (laughs) So what time does it seem like to you? Because to me, it feels like 9 a.m. It's 9 a.m. She's there at, like, the beginning of the day. Okay, and yet... Oh, no. They hear sirens, and for no discernible reason, just leaps up and sprints outside, and guess what? There's a ton of wee-woo-wee-woo po-po outside. Mm -hmm. It's Anna's apartment. A tarp is covering a super dead Anna. (laughs) Here's my problem. Yeah. We're pretty sure it's 9 a.m. There's, like, a lot of people out and about. Yeah. This is on a main drag. Yeah. So our body's, like practically on the sidewalk. It's in front of a building. She would have been spotted by someone walking their dog or driving their car at like 5.30am latest, right? Mm And it's so close to a cafe that's chock full of people that I... Not a believable scene. Like, Jess and Katie would have passed her corpse on the way to the cafe. You're fucking right. Maybe they just thought it was somebody who's drunk and passed out. I don't know. Maybe a bunch. You know, that's possible. So Detective Eyebrows is there, of course. And he just tells her everything. He tells her everything. I don't he think just he's tells legally everything. allowed to. He just tells her everything. Just a little upset. Katie tells him she saw Nick outside the bar last night. Oh, Katie. I know. And she said she walked up, she saw him in his car, but suddenly he drove off. And the detective asks her, Why did he drive off? Did anything special happen? Special. He uses the word special, which I'm like, That's not what anybody would say. No. This is when Jess leaps in and is like, Anna and I kiss! No homo, no homo, no homo! <laughs> it was just for fun! Yes, it was just for fun! She was just trying to help me! She was trying to help me by making out with me! It was really helpful! And she also has all of her makeup running down her face, I oh, do she remember was distraught. that. distraught. I mean, she could be distraught about Anna's untimely demise. She just didn't look like she was crying, though. Like, the makeup artists did make it look like they just kind of, like, took their fingers. The makeup artist and the wardrobe designer for this were like, you know what? Fuck you in particular. We're going to make you look like hell this whole movie. So Detective Eyebrows mm-hmm. bless his actor's soul. Does an honest to God double take <laughs> when she says that Anna kissed her. And I would like to remind everyone that this man has seen two dead bodies yeah. in this movie already and oh, yeah. two women kissing is what makes him like clutch his pearls. The year is 2019. We cut to Nick. Okay. Who still has a Sherlock Holmes hat on. Oh, boy. He pulls up to a house, he knocks on the door, and a man answers the door. This is Kevin, Katie's ex-husband. Oh, shit. Except we learned from him that uh, Kevin and Katie were never married. That's right. Katie's a liar. Katie's a lying liar who lies. In fact, he legitimately barely knew her. And Nick is like, why? (laughs) Like, Nick went there, I guess, thinking that he would have tea to spill on katie but tea of a very different nature mm-hmm. i feel like he went there looking for like katie lied about me i'm not a bad husband this is yeah, I... a misunderstanding oh. you know and that's crazy because the file nick got there are like photos of her with her unfortunate bangs as a child and mm-hmm. yet there's like no mm-hmm. indication of that i don't know i don't understand but okay. yes but then, you know, we get the scoop, right? We get the scoop. That he never knew Katie. But uh Katie definitely knew him because Katie was good friends with his now wife. And his now wife waltzes into the room and she has blonde pigtails. <laughs> it's her! The that to go this I'm sorry. <laughs> this grown ass woman is still wearing her hair. Unacceptable unacceptable because there's still short blonde pigtails and she's dressed like a suburban mom. This isn't like I have overalls on and I was out in the garden. I got dirt on me pigtails. You can do that. High pigtails. High pigtails. Up on our dome. Not acceptable. And the fact that he's attracted to that. Well, we don't have time to get it. Also high school sweet sweethearts. <gasps> Middle school sweethearts. That's what he says. Mm-mm. So this woman's name is Michelle. Mm-hmm. And she lets us know that Katie is dangerous. And when Kevin and Michelle started going out in middle school, Katie got so jealous she pushed Kevin down the stairs at school. And Michelle is like, when you're Katie's friend, there's no room for anyone else in your life. But she also no homos. (laughs) And she explicitly explicitly states it's not romantic. It's not romantic. These people don't know what romance means. Like, everyone's no homoing so hard. I'm like, is it gay? Again, trying to make this make sense. Make it make sense. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't inter so this whole scene where he's like i'm covering the truth is Mm -hmm. intercut with katie and jess at jess's house Mm -hmm. and jess is getting more and more suspicious of katie for kind of no reason but um i think it would set off alarm bells for like a normal person Mm -hmm. but because jess has been so wildly completely unalarmed by nick's behavior literally everything that she should have been alarmed by Literally everything. It's really unclear why somebody threw a brick through her window. Yeah, she was just like, what Maybe it was She does just... a slow blink at it. That's what children do. Oh my God. She does a slow blink at it. You're so right. <laughs> so they have a back and forth. I actually started laughing at this part because mm-hmm. this is where Katie is basically accusing Jess of being gay mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she and Anna kiss, and Jess is like, "It's it's like like whatever. If you like girls, just tell me. Just don't make me lie to." And Jess is like, "Wow, I I, I I'm." Not. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a lie, Jess. It sounds like a lie, Jess, but Katie refuses to accept this answer, which (laughs) is rude. Yeah. And she accuses Jess of lying like her ex-husband lied. But now we know her ex-husband was never actually her ex-husband. He's fake as shit. Yes, we're aware of that, but Jess is not. But Mm -hmm. Katie makes a fatal error. She sort of briefly recounts the story she told before about how her ex-husband cheated, and she called the 19 year old why is she 19 that's so young Uh, but anyway she calls the girl blonde yeah I believe she says a blonde bimbo (laughs) and no one uses the word bimbo anymore alliteration oh it's very 1990s Jersey to call someone a bimbo (laughs) which I have to admit I'm a fan of Mm -hmm. just it's fun Mm -hmm. but I don't believe Katie would use the word bimbo doesn't make any sense but anyway Jess is like you told me she was a redhead (laughs) (laughs) like this is the thing that does it for her She's like, you would never forget an important detail like that. You're lying. I know. Katie's feeding her a pack of lies. Mm-hmm. And uh, she only really lies to her for a little bit. And then she like very easily sort of just gives it up. Mm-hmm. And she admits that she lied about Kevin. Mm-hmm. Because she knew Jess was going through an awful divorce. So she made it all up to get close to her. Mm-hmm. And then she very easily also admits that she murdered Marco and Anna. And she's becoming increasingly more unhinged and threatening. Oh, and that she also faked the car. The car accident, mm-hmm. right? She did that. She threw herself mm-hmm. off a fucking bridge. Yeah, we see a whole flashback about it. Yeah. So um, Jess reaches behind her and just fucking clocks Katie in the face with a tea kettle and runs out the back door. That is the smartest thing she's done the entire film. I liked Jess the most in that moment. That's that's, the most I ever liked her. The only time she had character was when she was literally defending herself for her life. Finally! Without someone else coming in to rescue her. Fight or flight really brought out the best in her. Really? But then as she's running out the back gate, Mm -hmm. Nick rolls up calling for Jess. Because uh, he knows she's in danger. Yeah. Jess hears him calling for her, realizes he's in danger. They're both like, oh shit, they're in danger. And mm-hmm. she runs back inside. So Nick is creeping around. He sees evidence of a scuffle. Mm-hmm. While he's looking around, Katie is creeping up behind him. It's Kate- a double creep. Katie is not creeping. She is literally doing the fucking... Well, I don't even know. She's doing a dance behind him with in the- her high heels with the knife held above her head at a right fucking angle. Every single joint in her body is at a right angle. Both She might as well be doing a squat with her hands in the air. She's doing lunges behind him, but with a knife in the air. So he's creeping. Katie's creeping with a knife. And then it's actually a triple creep. She because- in a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> it is cartoonish. This is a very much a Scooby-Doo episode. She's a Scooby-Doo character! Because Jess creeps up behind Katie. It's a triple creep. And she uses the military-grade pepper spray mm-hmm. that she had been gifted earlier in the movie and mm-hmm. just pepper sprays the shit out of Katie. Another Scooby-Doo moment. And I would have gotten away with it, too, but <laughs> you pepper sprayed me! So the movie ends with domestic bliss between Jess and Nick, When they're planning their wedding. I'm not supposed to be a happy ending. Uh, well a package arrives. Oh god. Remember this? I don't. Oh it? wait no I ranted to you about this. Oh my god. Okay so a package arrives. I open it up and guess what? It's Nick's new book titled Fatal Friendship. No! It's so rude that he wrote a book based on her trauma. Like fuck but a man would do that. Fuck off but a man would do that. Oh my god and she's still with him and she's getting married and she's happy about it. Okay. Like the wildest thing about this movie is that Nick is not the villain. And just ends up with him. That and is absolutely absurd. So this movie is co-signing all of the red flags. And like, okay, yeah. so the thing is that we're on Katie's side for a lot of the movie. Yeah. Because she makes some very valid arguments, and I think is being a good friend. Yes. Um, but she's actually a villain. The movie's like, no, she's a bad person. Yeah, it's, okay, it's confusing. The like, morals of this movie are bad. They're, they're re- It's terrible. I You know, I think that they are trying to make this play on like, Who you can trust, and you don't know the motivations behind people's actions, and they could be—you could be wrong about things. I mean, it's a movie that's gaslighting you. Oh my god! The whole movie is gaslighting you. That's why I felt so like (laughs) infuriated and mad. I think the entire time I was watching it. And then it justifies it at the end with they're married, everyone's happy. That's not a happy ending. It posits it's a happy ending. It's not. There should be a second movie, like a follow-up movie, where you actually find out that Nick made all this shit up somehow. A follow-up movie where it Just goes through her second divorce, second divorce, and oh my god, it's... Katie gets out of jail. Katie I don't know. I didn't like Katie in the end. I mean, no, I don't like stalker people. Like no one likes that. She was being weird and possessive. The Until the final arc, I loved Katie, but I loved her for the most of the movie. Yep. Not when she killed Anna. I'm really upset that she. I know killed you Anna. Loved, Anna. I loved Anna. My favorite was Marco. <laughs> <laughs> What's that say about me? I don't know. <laughs> don't let a Lifetime movie make you think about what it says about you. Okay, that is, and that is our closing line. Don't <laughs> let a Lifetime movie tell you what you think about yourself, was it? Do not let a Lifetime movie send you in to an existential crisis. Also, trust your friends. Yeah, this movie tells you not to trust your friends. Trust your friends. We love you so much. Trust your friends. We love our one listener, Greg. Thanks, Greg. (laughs) And goodbye. I do have an astrology prediction about these characters. Okay, Okay. I need to hear all of it. Because I asked you explicitly, like, what do you think their Venus is? Okay, because I don't have, you know, I don't have the whole chart. But when I was watching, I was like, Jess has got real Venus and Aries vibes. And I will say that because of my personal experience with Venus and Aries people, no offense if you're an astrologer or a person with this placement. All the offense. But they fucking just jump right on in. I don't know why they cannot see red flags or if they're just explicitly ignoring them, but that's how they are. And I will say that Nick and Katie have the same Scorpio-Venus problems. Those people be snooping. They think they own your ass. No, no. So that's what I think their astrological Venuses are. But I don't know the rest. What do you think about Mars? Because that's sex and aggression, isn't it? <sighs> and people be But they weren't fucking Yeah, but they were aggressive. <laughs> okay, alright, okay. okay, okay, okay. There's a lot of gaslighty energy. Even Nick tries to gaslight Jess out of her feelings at a certain point. I don't know. I have the worst Mars, right? I have a cancer Mars, which is a bit manipulative. <laughs> and like passive aggressive. I thought you were gonna say Scorpio and Mars. And I was like, you should know, nope, that's a good one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, good. You're, you're good. You're good. You does fr- it, does you... it balance by Virgo Venus? No, but, it's, <laughs> but you will frighten people with it, which is effective. So good. Um, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm picking up like some cancer Mars vibes. Some Gemini Mars vibes and some, like, Libra Mars vibes. So, like, maybe, or maybe, like, Taurus. Yeah. So, maybe, like, Jess has a Taurus Mars because she literally won't do confrontation. Or She does. She does do confrontation. She goes, goes to 100 her. and accuses, like, Katie of basically being, like, a fucking like a jealous image. image full of cobwebs got it got it She's got like, it why do you get a man you're just jealous mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which sign mm-hmm. accuses you of being jealous you try to gaslight because she tries to gaslight katie out of her feelings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm gonna say cancer mars i'm personally not guilty of doing that but i could see a cancer mars <laughs> doing that and then maybe katie has the scorpio mars scorpio venus combo which I would be a big problem you. i mean like if they were really conjunct that would be very intense and then I think probably just because of his writer proclivities, Nick probably has like a Gemini, a Gemini Mars. Gemini. That makes sense. Yeah. What do you think? I think Anna's an air sign, don't you? Oh, Anna's an Aquarius. She's an air sign because she's up with the angels. R.I.P. <laughs> Anna. <laughs> all right Anna. Uh, right, we love you. We love you. with that? <laughs>